You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's time to wake up with the morning boys. On Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And here are your hosts, Ryan Hickey and Mark Kelly. It is a good Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Morning Boys. Ryan Hickey, Mark Ever Kelly, Austin Tidebaum with you on a snowy, cold, wintry Tuesday morning. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, we appreciate you tuning every Tuesday and Friday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. If you want to give us a call, 1-877-909-9977. A lot to get to. College football regular season in the books. A big conference uh, championship weekend, which we'll get to. Recap a lot of the just crazy Week 14 rivalry uh, uh, weekend action. Obviously, Auburn-Alabama was an instant classic. Utah um, sets up their selves for a college football playoff possibility. Same thing with Oklahoma and Baylor. Um, so a lot to get to from the college football world as we inch closer to the college football playoff and the final rankings, which will come out on Sunday morning. Uh, obviously, a big week in the NFL. Seahawks, Vikings, and a game last night we'll get to here in just a moment. A great game going out to the end of Seahawks win 37-30. The Jets make history this weekend. The Giants continue their mediocrity. We'll get into the, the both the local teams here. But Mark Austin, good morning, guys. Uh, obviously, it's a uh, here in the Northeast. If you're listening elsewhere, maybe in Florida, I know we have a few listeners down in Florida. Florida. You're missing out Lucky. on the uh, the snow, the wind, the cold, the wintry conditions. How was uh, how was getting in this morning? It was great. It was, uh, it was oh, awesome. it's great. It was, uh, it was great. Sun. I had the windows rolled down. Oh yeah. yeah sunglasses, sunglasses on. on. Yeah, we got a suntan on the way in. You gotta watch out for that sun, you know, it's always dangerous in the morning. That was the worst experience ever. I left my house at at, uh, 6.45 and then didn't get here until 8.30. Yeah, I left it it a little after 7. Well, you always leave late. No, I wasn't. (laughs) That's not living late. I I don't live an hour away. I live 25 minutes away. Shouldn't Shouldn't I take me an hour to get here? All I'm saying is you were five minutes before me. I was. Hey, listen, I mean, it's, it's one of those days, man. You'd rather drive slow and get here than, you know, have Mark call in, do the show from, uh, mm-hmm. from either the hospital or from the side of the road because he, uh, he swerved off. Yeah, I'm here with the, with the Suffolk police. <laughs> <laughs> Mark was speeding down the highway, swerved oh, off. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, Got to love the snow. Are you guys snow guys? Uh, I, like, I like the snow, but I don't like uh, my hands being cold. I like the snow when I don't have to drive in it and I don't have to shovel it. That's actually, that's a good point. I always like the snow, the first snow of the year. It's always nice. So like today, like last night, this morning was nice, but you're right. After that, once it lingers around and it continues to snow, it's just, it's, it's, there is kind of like a, you can wake up and then you realize you have to clean off your car. You have to, that was, yeah, exactly. yourself out. I was like, oh, I looked out the window. Like, oh, it's nice out this morning. Then I'm like, oh, wait, I got to get out early. All right. Dust off the car, start it up. It's just like, right. You got everything started earlier than normal. Mm-hmm. You're out there in the cold in the morning. I'm in like my pajamas. Wait, it's miserable. Yeah, take it off the snow off the car. It's probably yeah. the worst thing. Yes. But that, that, that's the one thing I didn't account for. I didn't realize well, until I opened the door to let the dog out that I had to clean off the car. And so that took about 10 minutes, 10 more minutes. Did so. you guys ever have the brush inside the car, but it was so frozen you couldn't get inside the car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I. There's had a way like, to. There's a way to get around that. How? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it after I get off there. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. Just tell Does us it involve right a crowbar, Mark, or an elbow through the window? Yeah, it's something that involves <laughs> something else. Involves what? I'm not, we're not going to talk about it right now. Do you pee do? on the pee on uh, the handle? Yeah. What do you do? What are you talking? Anyway. You pee on the handle, don't you? <laughs> yeah, he definitely pisses on the handle. Anyway, that would be anyway. 
Uh, and Mark wants to change the subject. How was how was Thanksgiving? Everyone's everyone's Thanksgiving. Right, uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Austin? It was good because I was excited to, d- to do the show on Friday, but uh, someone canceled. Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> uh, we left here on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Mark was not only adamant during the show, but before and after the show that you and Austin, or I should that? say, Mark and Austin, were going to host on Friday. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, it was the live audience. Oh, guys, guys, I, I, look, stop, Mark, you hear the stop, live audience? Stop. We are here, stop, 150 stop, Race stop, Cafe and Hot Pocket. If you want to come and watch or listen to us live. More than welcome into a great cafe. But as you can hear, the audience upset with Mark's decision to cancel the show on Friday. Yeah, what happened? They were, everybody was so devastated. No, what happened was I spent some of Thursday trying to see if I could secure another co-host. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if Errol was going to do it or not. It was kind of hit and miss. And really, the show isn't the same without you. Wow. So, and look... Are you saying Austin I, couldn't I, fill in? No, 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 I have, no. I have no, faith I, and, and confidence. I Austin. do have faith in him. It wasn't. It wasn't. Certainly wasn't because I don't. It was because it was. It was Friday. Friday after Thanksgiving, and I figured if there was, you know, anybody wants to shut off that stupid music, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come back there and strangle you. Oh jeez. What you're gonna do is you that camera that you see. It's gonna, go, it's gonna go black for wait, about a back, minute. Go back. What happened? Please and then do we're it. gonna come back and Austin's when I'm not gonna be in the bathroom because I am not being an accomplice or an anyway. accessory to murder. Let's um, do it when I'm not here. So, you, look, let's be honest. You guys tease me, or whatever. But you, you make the show. You really do. Mark. Your name so, is. Your name is. So first without and foremost. W- without you, it'd be a be Mark's a lot first. harder to do. And if I don't have somebody else that I feel comfortable with, that um, that. Isn't going to ruin it. Like, I don't want, like, he's 20. I was going to ruin no, it. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is you're in your early 20s. You don't deserve to come after, come to work the day after Thanksgiving. Like, you should have that I day off. I was ready. I know. But it, I, I just didn't think it was the right thing to do. I just think you couldn't find a co-host. I, I, like, I'm just going to cancel. No, it, I, look, believe me, I think the two of us could have done it. But, I mean, just the, even getting in here and having everyone come in, that wasn't, but like, getting everybody up early, like, even getting Errol up early to come in, it just wasn't worth it. Who, uh, you said er, getting everyone up early. What do you have? Like, uh, no, no. Errol, first of all, Errol, me, him. Okay. So that's three people. To me, that's everyone. So I, I don't want to do that. If you're unaware about Errol, he is and then not a, only the boss man, he's right. a frequent <laughs> caller to the morning boys. But there's also is a, the chemistry that you're not, you're not here. So you're the, you are the one who introduces, comes in and out of commercial. Like, I mean, obviously I could do that. But you do it really well. And I think it's it's a tribute to how important you are. And if you would stop playing this music, because I'm going to throw, I, I, yeah, I think the music makes. I'm going to throw my coffee funny. on you in a minute. Oh boy! <laughs> Again, uh, just do. I'm going to go to the bathroom really quick. You guys settle. What do you have to going, settle? Like it's a little like mob scene. Yeah, I, I do the I do the nice thing, uh, or or at least the, something that, you know, doesn't make someone come in a day after Thanksgiving and. So you're looking for a pat on the back, like wow, no, I'm you're not. such an. You I'm hear not. this guy, Austin. I'm certainly not looking he, for a pat are on you, the back. Are you begging for what like I'm Austin, not looking, like, What I'm not looking <laughs> for is well, why, why, did, why did you cancel the show? <laughs> I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for okay. This is you're why looking I did for it. Austin to be thankful. No. Get on his knees and say, no. Mark, thank no. you so much. Will you stop with this? For in, not in the exaggerations. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm simply stating that's why I chose to do it. There's no more out of the kindness of your heart. It. it is now the giving season for Christmas, and, and you're just you gave you know Austin a Christmas gift early. How about that? I did. Merry Christmas, Austin. Merry Christmas. 
It's the only guest uh, so, gift you're gonna get, I guess. This this holiday so season. He might get a few lumps of coal, but it wouldn't be for me. Oh no. It states quite clearly that this, is, this was him. You know what I did do, though, over the, the weekend? Um, did you see the movie The Irishman? I was literally, when you were talking about, sucked. I was just going to, because it sounded like a, almost a mob mentality. With it was really good. Have, you saw sucked. the full thing. Yep. That movie was horrible. Why? Too long? What do you mean? What? Was it too long? First of all, too long. You don't make something three, three they hours spent, and 29 minutes. They spent yeah. $40 million on de-aging people. Why not just do what I know, Godfather right? did and that just was get neat younger though, actors? It? That was no, neat it's though, not it? neat. No, you, it's but, not neat. But if you saw the – they did a, a, like another like an, like a half-hour interview with uh, Pacino, Pesci, De Niro, and um, yeah. the, the producer, whoever the producer uh, – Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese. Um, and, uh, on why they did that, because even if you hire actors, then you got to get the actors to do like – the body language yes, of a De Niro acting. No, yeah, I, but <laughs> yeah. it's but it's what a but it's being when when you have to do that when you're a younger actor you got to follow everything all of De Niro's stereo, like uh, like body type. Like no, it's you don't. A little you, harder you, to do that. But you don't have there's to do new what, technology but though. But De Niro, I thought the new technology was great. All right, but there's not need because De Niro does, doesn't do the same. He does the same stuff in every movie, but. It's could you could you movie. imitate De Niro as but a see, as a twenty five year old walking around and how he walks, how he moves, but see, you're the, his you're, body? It's, it's easy for you because you're. No, the it's not easy version. for me. No, I'm saying it's easier for you as an actor because you're the younger version, of the guy. You're the guy. You're you're the guy that, that whatever whatever you do, he has what to makes do. you the younger version of him? What do you have to follow him around for three weeks? You like get I'm casted. saying, it's, what do you yeah, mean? but, this yeah, is, but a, either way, you're paying somebody. I think I yes, think this technology, acting. this technology, is a little better for the viewer. Because you look, you see De Niro. It was almost like you're watching him, like in the in Godfather Two. Yeah. You know, so and and even Pacino. Pacino looked looked great. Like I, I think that technology was very interesting, and in how they described it and how they it did it. It was a money grab movie and a money grab te- technology. It was. It should have been a, a mini series. Uh, this is the reason why it was picked up by any studios. There's a whole. You got to think about why did everybody pass up on a Martin Scorsese film. Because they knew it wasn't good. The studio execs knew. They said it wouldn't be good. And it wasn't good. Yeah, it was long. It was I, too I'll give long. you that. I'm not a fan of long movies. I'm really not. I but mean, Did you do it in one sitting? Yeah. Well, no. I, I went to the movie I theaters. Didn't. And I paid I didn't, 40 I didn't, bucks to see that. Well, that's, you, that's, first, yeah, so that's, that's on your, you. That's your own that's damn fault. That's on you. Yeah. Do you yes. have a Netflix description? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's on you. I watched it on Netflix. so bad. I wanted to be the first person to see it. But Austin's complaining about how he saw 40 bucks. If you And he has a Netflix subscription. 40 bucks. Who'd you take? That's on him. Who'd you take? Took my friend. You take a date? No. I wish I did. Why didn't you take a date? Because we're both huge mo- mafia That's a movie tough fans. ask also. Take a date to a three and a half hour movie. They, it could have been two hours. All right, I'll buy that. Listen, you need you need. Girl need, has to like you. Was, that, yeah, that's was, that's true. Yeah. For three and a half, many, there has to be some sort yeah. of there got to be some sort of understanding about right. your relationship you at that point. You have to understand Austin, you right? Can't be, you can't be just friends at that point. Right. So can't be a, that's not a first date. You've got to be a, serious, a, a committed relationship I'm at that point. I'm a huge Martin Scorsese fan, and there was, there was nothing like... If you, if you were to tell me that I wasn't Martin Scorsese, I wouldn't know. Because it's all... What he does is all montages, and he does all backstory stuff, but it was it was very little of that. It was something, something new. He wanted to make some, something different. He wanted to make an epic. Like the Godfather, but it just—it wasn't good. Well, yeah, I, I no, let's put it wasn't the Godfather, no. That's but if if you to. know the history of Jimmy Hoffa, to me, uh, I think that was interesting. A lot of people, your age, not you, but because you're you you know, but a lot of people your age don't even know who he is. And at one point, this guy was one of the most popular figures in American history. The guy who built the unions or started the unions, and then his death is like historic, where people think you know have him. It's almost like a where's Waldo. 
Hmm. You know, where is he? Where was he buried? People say he's buried at Giant Stadium. People, you know, all this. Stuff. And the, the way they, they, they do it in a movie is like, oh. De Niro barely acted in it. it he didn't act. He just was just there. He was literally just there. He barely did anything. The only, the only good thing about that movie was... Um, uh, what do you mean he didn't act? He was in like 75% of the movie. Yeah, but he barely... How many, how many lines do you think he had? How many times was oh just him went like this? Well, but he just did his fit. And he was the, the main character face? of the That's movie. Well, yeah, yeah for sort a, of. And then, then Pacino I, I was. It was kind of like uh, they. Heard you played houses. It was yeah. Early, yeah it was I early Pacino, uh, early De Niro, then Pacino, All and right. then then Pesci sprinkled in. But they also had uh, one of my other favorite actors, Keitel, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, but he get he was barely in it. Yeah, he was barely in it though. But still, I just love it. I love seeing him. It was a money grab movie that that Scorsese wanted to make a movie like this, but he knew he would never get done with the studio's ex. So if you plaster his name in a Netflix show and a Netflix movie, they're going to go and see it. That's the whole thing. He's probably right. The women in it were were the best. The guy guy that played, the woman that played the wife of... uh, um, Of De Niro? No, not De Niro. Pesci? Pesci. When she wanted to smoke in the car. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That was Okay, now do you recognize her? The Soprano. She was Artie Bucco's wife. Um, Well, that was... No, no. The one who was Hoffa's wife I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you recognize her? Not really. She was from Goodfellas. Oh, she was? She was the babysitter. Remember, had to wrap up the... Oh, yeah. That, that, and I'm like, wow, she's like 30 years older. Yeah. Um, I wonder, Matt Bucco Yeah, but Bucco, you're right. 30. You're right. Because, yeah, the Goodfellas <laughs> was, what, 90? 1990? Uh, yeah, I think 1990. Yeah, I think it's 1990. Yeah. But, see, he, he, did, he did say it wasn't going to be like Casino and Goodfellas. He might... I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the you know, mafia movies are all about making you want to be in the mafia. That made me want to not. Yeah, be Yeah, but mafia. nobody wants problem. to be. N- nobody. Yes, you do. Well, I, look, the, the thing about Goodfellas that I appreciated is it didn't glorify the mafia. Yes, it did. It's no, romanticism. It, did. it, but it showed how how vicious it is. Yeah, but, it's but still, that, that's like, not romanticism. Like Casino and 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 The Godfather and all those movies make you want to be a gangster. Maybe maybe The Godfather, Casino. I don't think Goodfellas so. Goodfellas, one hundred percent. No, but Goodfellas was so, like, if you weren't Italian, okay, and, and you have no idea of the culture, and you're watching that movie, you're like, these people are animals. That's awesome. Uh, but that's, <laughs> that's awesome. And you give me stuff. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. You give me crap. This we is, got, we got, now we got to watch out for Austin now. Make sure he's not. We got not, the mob yeah, over here. We got the mob sure over here. Yeah. <laughs> we did have lasagna on Thanksgiving, you, so we did have to watch I did. ourselves. I did, I did. When you, when Talk you, about that. that you, we're, yeah. When you watch The Sopranos, you watch those movies, you want to be... In that okay, but again, you, but comparing them to The Sopranos, like Sopranos is one of the greatest series ever, you know, and it was based on the fact, yeah, a lot of The well, Sopranos had to do with the actors, too. Yeah. The actors were great. But if you put all three of those... Mi- well, I guess the actors, too, Ray, in this I movie were great, Romano too. Romano was one of the best guy, the lawyer. Yeah, he was good. It was I mean, good seeing him in it. It was funny. It was yeah, it was. He kept waiting for Frank to come in. Yeah. And I his brother. It was... And then, okay, what the scene that, before we go on, the scene that got me mad the most was when he beat up the, the guy who owned, the, who owned the, uh, the meat shop, whatever. Yeah, for, for, Come on. for, did, for, yeah. for looking for did you see shoving the, his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the way he, <laughs> come on, that was Yeah, but De Niro at this point is what, 78? No, you know? in, that, in that scene, he's supposed to be like 30. I know, but it's still him. So that's <laughs> why you get a younger guy, because that's still what everybody. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Move on. I'm getting mad about yeah. this. I'll give you that. I, I look. I, I liked it. Um, Can you do Joe Pesci? No. Wait. Well, let me. Let me hear. What did. What did you think did of? You well, I'm only 45 minutes in. I, I'm watching uh, it in parts. Can't even finish it. No, I have to watch it in parts. I don't. I don't have three and a half hours at least until my off. Talking about a busy man here. Okay? Tomorrow. But 
the, and I heard too the first like, hour, and you guys can attest, is the first hour, hour and a half drags. is the best part. First hour, no, the first hour and the last 30, and the, the going to the end was good. The okay, so the middle. So I'm like, I guess, just There's, towards the end of the best it, part it of the so opening scene. It was so bad that people are writing the ways you, you should watch it. I think I have it. I well, have heard about that. Like, you gotta watch it in parts. You do like, because it's long. I think Mark, you're in the minority watching it full. Oh, no, no, you I, said I you didn't watch it. Up. You broke it up. I did. Right? I, I did broke it. I broke it up into like four thing. parts. Oh wow! Oh, see, I watched the whole thing out. Because you can't. You can't sit well, there for three. Well, you're Look, stuck. You're trapped when you're in the movie theater. You, you can't. You gotta, like gotta let. I gotta let the dog out. I gotta do the dog. I gotta do a million things. It's crazy to think. Not many people have enough. Like three and a half hours is too long just to sit there straight through. I wonder if they knew that going in. Because yeah, that's, that's a, a lot of the reviews I've seen, people have liked it. You're also the only person who said he doesn't like right. it. But I have everyone's basically in the contention saying that they could have cut off an hour and it still would have been just as good. Yeah, but I, I think that's part of why you enjoy. Look, they did something the other day. I saw on uh, one of the sh- I think it was on CNN or MSNBC or something a guy breaking down how longer movies are now in. As far for and fans, because yeah, TV shows because it hour. gives something, it gives people something to do. Like when they go to the movies, if they go for like an hour and twenty minutes, they feel kind of gypped, paying like fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, to sit there for an hour and ten minutes. You know, uh, yeah, that I guess maybe that's maybe, fair. maybe it's more of an experience. I guess. I, I mean, I could buy it a little bit. I, I've never ever been a fan of long movies. Never. Um, you have to you have to give me like a really good movie right. in order for me to sit there and keep my attention because I have like total ADD. This yeah. is this you know, is how you're supposed to I watch the Irishman, from from the starting point to 49 minutes. It's episode one. Okay. Urgent episode one. Episode two, Hoffa, 49 minutes to an hour 40, and then episode three, what kind of fish is, uh, 140 to 247, and then episode four, it is what it is, 247 until the end. Okay. So it should be a four-part miniseries. Now my, hey, hey, Martin Scorsese wanted to make this film. Nobody was giving him the funds. It was in the film in 2014. I knew a couple people that worked on the production, and it was a mess. So, I mean, you would not. I mean, you, you know. That's what happens, and I appreciate that. I'm just mad that I, I was really. I hope the Saints of Newark, the Sopranos movie, if that sucks, I don't think <laughs> I could be a mafia fan anymore. It's gonna be hard to do without Gandolfini. Yeah, but he's got his son and his son. Do you know my neighbor when I lived in Patrick? He was his cousin. How would I know that? <laughs> you didn't know it. I'm telling you now. It's kind of like, a, really? did That's you know? Cousin? Did you know that you didn't know? So that's something I'm about to tell you. Almost like a, a guess what sort of thing. Like, <laughs> hey, did you know? Also, yeah. You didn't. No, like I said, it's did you know something you didn't know that I'm about to tell you? There you go. Um, what? But uh, I. What was I going to say? It doesn't matter. Um, look, I, I I think that anytime you're dealing with a, a mob movie, you're going to gain. It's going to garner interest, okay? And when you're talking yeah. about the people that were in it. You know, if you're a mob movie guy, you all the faces you recognize, they're in every movie. Okay, the only one I didn't see was, like, Paulie Walnuts. Yeah. Okay, and that kind of disappointed me. Sopranos, Con. Kind of disappointed me. I, I love Paulie Walnuts. Did you? I should want Sopranos, Con. They look lit. Did you ever see the... Did you ever see um, Harvey Birdman? Yeah, the on uh, Adult Swim. Where they, where they do the... Uh, Flintstones yeah. being the uh, Sopranos and Fred Flintstone driving through Bedrock with this song. <laughs> Listen, that's funny. It's the mo- it, when you can parody something like that, that's why it's so It's good. so funny. It's like Fred Flintstone calls the, the attorney, Hey, Hob, <laughs> I want to invite you but to my daughter's wedding. Oh, <laughs> and he comes in and the guy like kisses the ring. Oh, boy. Wow, so that's funny. actually a good remake. That's funny. All mafia movies are based off one thing. It's romanticism. You want to be, when you're watching it, if I, if I, if I feel like I don't want to be in this movie, then it sucks. That's why James Bond, that's why people love action movies. Who doesn't want to be an action hero? Who doesn't want to save humanity? 
Maybe your, you know, your expectations and your hopes for this movie are just too high. Uh, well, yeah, it's a score. I mean, that's a possibility. Though, so I thought, I thought it would be, be, be better. I think it was bad. All right. Well, so, I mean, look, you're, you're entitled to it. Mark there, likes it. I've seen a lot of reviews that like it so far. Forty again, basically watching part one of the part four series. You want to break down that way? I finished liked it. That's why I like it. He's like, I haven't finished it yet, but I think it's good. <laughs> so so far, so good. So far, so good. That's all I said. So far, so good. No, both of you. Maybe both of us. There we go. All right, here you go. So, P- Pesci and Goodfellas, all right? Yeah. My f- two of my favorite scenes. Obviously, you have the one with the clown, okay? But the other one is when he's telling a story when he's in the, he's like, yeah, I'm laying in the weeds. I'm in the, I'm in the caucus. I'm laying in the weeds. The cop comes up to me. He says, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm arresting. What? What am I going to tell you? <laughs> what? You remember what he when he's telling a story about when he was this arrested? Is, this is on Goodfellas? Yeah. Arrested. The bank job out in Secaucus. I'm laying in the weeds. Oh, uh, Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but all That's right. That's when, when, when he's telling, because he, Pesci through the whole, the whole movie, the best part of the movie was Pesci telling his stories. I think I, think I love how, how people, when they talk, talk, talk about the movies, they never talk about, like, the characters' names. Like, you know. The actual think? characters' it's, names? Yeah. So it was, like, Joe Pesci, <laughs> Joe Pesci or you know, De Niro. I like De Niro in that. No one remembers the pe- people's names. That's always that. That's true. Yeah, you ever notice that? Like, and they're never like, oh. We just did with the Irishman. Jimmy Hoffman. Every. Was it Jimmy? Was it Pesci? J- no. Pesci? What yeah, was so his name? What was the name in that movie? Goodfellas was the name. I, I don't. <laughs> what was Me Pesci's too. name in that movie? <laughs> Pesci's name was. He was Italian. De Niro so was got, Italian. So we got uh, Jimmy, which was Robert De Niro, Henry Hills, Ray, and then right. Tommy. Was Tommy, the that's right. Tommy. Then, I think, yeah, Lauren Barrocco was in that. Casino, yeah. I, I don't know. Are you more, before really, are you a casino guy? Or are you a. Uh, I, like, casino had, had its moments, but I'm definitely. I like Goodfellas more, even though Goodfellas is definitely a lot more. Ugly. Uh, Casino was they had 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 parts, but Sharon Stone to me isn't a mob actress. I think I think she was a little miscast. Yeah, I mean she was good. She was okay. I I like. I think I want to see you in a mob movie. That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the type. Why not? I see. No, no. Marx just have to just take care of business and not let anyone know about it. That's (laughs) that's why you got to be careful. You know. I don't get it. He's not going to publicize. You know. Imagine like. Tomorrow he's in he's in a mob movie. Yeah, I heard you. What mob houses. movie would I be in, Austin? Oh, you you would probably play Artie Bucco in The Sopranos. Artie Bucco, you're the guy that always gets messed. I with. know who he is. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy that like oh, always tries tries to do good and friends with everybody, but constantly for some reason people, I don't know, people just don't get it. I could see it. Artie. Mark, if, if Mark, Mark wants to cast a, a second career as an actor, a mob Mark, actor. please, I need some money. Mm-hmm. I, do right, I, I don't think Mark likes the idea. No, so, I, I, Artie's character was interesting. <laughs> Every character in Sopranos was interesting. Except, for, they, except, they for Tony's, except for Tony's sister, the worst. Oh, yeah. yeah I Jan- hate her, but Janice? Janice. Oh, I hate it. Okay, go talk about sports now. Do you like Christopher? You know who's the one? I love Christopher. Dre D'Amato. Christopher. Christopher I love the way she's. My favorite. Adriana was hot. Adriana. Christopher. And then she had a little dog. I felt bad for the dog. Uh, They're all good. That was a good show. And then when he kills a dog because he's so. I know. I know. That was uh, sad. That that was sad. Anything. Anytime an animal gets hurt, I hate it. I really do. I can't stand it. You're Tony Soprano because he'd rather kill kill people than kill animals. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. That could be Mark. Who knows? Get on his bad sure. side. I don't want to find out. Uh, so, Mark, we'll start with Monday Night Football last night. Seahawks, a great game. Seahawks-Vikings. 
Seahawks moved to 10 and 2 and now take over the NFC West division lead as they win 37 to 30. You made a good point before the show, so I want to let you have the floor here. What was your biggest takeaway from last night's game? I think the new wave of things kind of in the NFL is keeping teams on there, not knowing whether off balance, being, right? a, being able to pass and run equally. You see the success the Ravens have. You see the success that the Seahawks have. Last night they had almost equal amount of passing yards, rushing yards. I think it was like, like 230 to 218 or something. And you saw they had, what, 24 initial points in the second half. There was yep. a point early in the first half, you know, especially after, like, the pick six that you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe Seattle's a little bit not – I don't want to say not ready, but maybe they're underestimating Minnesota a little right. bit. And the Vikings came out ready to play. Yeah, and then you kind of saw they, they, they gathered themselves, and, and Russell Wilson showed why he's an MVP candidate. I mean, he's, he's kind of graduated to the next level. There are guys that have good years, like – a guy like Fran Tarkington, like he was okay early part of his career. Some people would even deem him bust. And then he you know, winds up taking the Vikings to four Super Bowls. Um, and he's like, I think in a list of like all-time players that they gather up total score. I don't know how they, they accumulate total scores. But like Tarkington's like the fifth or sixth greatest player ever. In, in terms of, of total Vikings. scores? Yeah. Interesting. And it surprised me because I, I never, you know, Tarkington is... To me, it was before my time, so I, I, I don't really remember watching him play. I just remember seeing him in the football videos. Right. You know, I, I mean, I agree with you, too. Like you said, like they, they were so balanced yesterday, and that's kind of their MO anyway, right? They try to establish the run first. They really kind of grind you down, especially with an offensive line. Now, for seems like the first time in Russell Wilson's tenure is actually one of the strengths and one of the positives of the team instead of holding them back. And like you said, yeah, they threw for 240, they rushed for 218, so super balanced, was able to establish the run. You saw that, and especially, as you mentioned, 24 unanswered points. That was in part in the second half due to they established the run the first, in the first half, wore down that Vikings defense, and you know, held, also held on to the ball. Like their time of possession, I think it was 39 and change to 20 and change. So they basically doubled up the Vikings during time of possession. Obviously that helped the Vikings get a, a pick six, as you mentioned, so you keep the offense on the field for Seattle. But to me, coming out of this game, I know that the number two seed now is just behind the Saints, who also have the same record of 10-2. and two. The Saints holding the tiebreaker because they won in Seattle earlier this year. Um, but to me, I think it's the Seahawks, at least in the NFC-wise, they're going to be the toughest out out of that conference. Because yeah. they, they do everything so well. And it's crazy to think that their biggest weak point is maybe that their home field advantage. They haven't played as well at home as they have on the road, although that has improved. They lost two games at home early on and now have gotten better at home. So just to think, like you said, they do everything so well. They run the ball well. They have a good offensive line. They have an MVP caliber quarterback right now that doesn't make mistakes and helps you win games, whereas other quarterbacks and other teams don't have that luxury of both having a great run game and a great quarterback that can help win win and make any play um, to help them win the game. So like you said, you know, he throws a pick six, comes back, and they just go on that big run in the third quarter, explode, and held out at the end. But I like their defense. They can get after the quarterback with Jay Evan Clowney. They're fast on defense. They have a, a, a good pass secondary. And more importantly, too, even though they gave up, you know, really 24 points, we don't count the six points for the pick six um, that the Vikings scored, their defense played well enough to win the game, right? In the end, when the Vikings go on back-to-back touchdown drives and they get the ball back with a chance to take the lead or tie the game, they hold firm and they stop the Vikings and then force them to give the ball up, which, again, eventually they didn't get the ball back. So they made enough plays in the end to win the game, which is why I think when you look at everything in totality, everything combined, you look at I'm a little worried about the Saints, to be honest. Those last few games have been they've been playing close uh, against bad teams. You look at the 49ers that already went into San Francisco and beat them. To me, there's you know even the Packers, there's no team that matches up quite 
to the Seahawks level. I think because they're so good in so many different areas, they're at least in the NFC-wise the toughest team that, you know, to knock out when it comes to the playoffs. Because, I mean, they, they're not afraid to go on the road. And if you're a home team, whether it's the Saints, whether it's the 49ers, if they end up getting the two-seed again, which they'll go to Seattle in a few weeks to battle that out. I mean, I am very nervous if I'm a fan of the NFC if the Seahawks come to town or I have to go to Seattle. Because, again, they're, just, they're one of those teams that their game and their style travels. They have a good head coach of Pete Carroll. Everything about them is very, very solid. There's no real weak points. And that's why, to me at least, you watching yesterday's game, uh, you could say what you want about the Vikings, which I want to get to in a second here, you know, about their propensity to, to show up small in the big moment. I thought they played well, but I thought it was a testament to the Seahawks just for how good, how balanced they are in getting this win last night. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so. I, and I, I think when you're talking about the NFC, the Niners are, are the ones that get the most recognition with the Seahawks because they're in the same division. They're going to play twice this year. To me, the biggest flaw I see in the 49ers is the fact that the Cardinals played them so close twice. And we saw how, the, how bad the Cardinals were against the Rams manhandled them. And the Rams have been kind of struggling. You saw what the Ravens did to the Rams. Uh, but also, what, what you consider the best division in football this year, to me, is the NFC West. 100%. And the Ravens have gone 4-0 against them. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Or have they, have they, they've played the Cardinals, haven't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They played the Cardinals okay. like the second game of the year. So, wow, you're right. That's a, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We can talk about the Ravens, too, later on. Because you look at, like, they're not only 10-2. and two, Their schedule they've gone against, right, like, they won in Seattle. They mm-hmm. beat the 49ers just this past week at home. They beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. They beat the Texans. Like, right, they have... If this was college football, they would be the best, easily have the best resume um, in terms of any, any group right now in the NFL, like you said. And they have the best record, um, or tied for the best record, I should say, to show and for I, it. And they have the advantage over the Patriots because they right. beat them. And I don't see them rel- relinquishing that. I, I am 100% with you. Like I said, right, the Vic- uh, excuse me, the Ravens should go, uh, go move on and take on the number one and, seed. And here's the thing. Okay, everyone makes, look, the Patriots' greatness is never to be debated. Okay, you can't, even, you can't even try to if you wanted to. Just like you can't even try. See, this is what kind of makes me laugh at Errol when he, when he tries to tell you, oh, Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback. It, you, you just can't argue anything that makes sense. Okay? He is. Whether you 100%. like it or not, he is. Okay? So, no, Kirk Cousins is. Okay. So <laughs> when... <laughs> It's a comedy relief. I like, I, your, I like how you're yeah. wising up, too. You don't even fight back at this point. It's like you just roll your eyes, okay. In one year, uh, out the other, Mark just moves right on. Yeah. It's like so he doesn't good. even miss a step. Yeah. He just um, so when you look at the fact that the Patriots, the last time that they went on the road in an AFC championship game to get to the Super Bowl was when they beat the Steelers in 2004. Well, last year, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, that's right. This, well, the, the Chiefs last year, I guess. Yeah, yeah you're, right, you're right. You're right. You know, I but totally, you're right. But yeah. Yeah, so it's been yeah, twice, right. uh, twice in 15 years. Yeah, no, but me. but still, like a good point, yeah. like you said, Mark. Right. They, that's the no. reason why they've been so successful, right? Because they get the number one seed every year, and they have a home, at least one, maybe two home playoff mm-hmm. games. They said they've gone to Denver a few times in the AFC Championship game and, and lost. lost. So you're right. For the most, I have to double check. They went to I, Indianapolis, lost in 2006. Yep. Um, 2007, obviously, they went. They lost to the Giants in Super Bowl. 2008, they didn't make playoffs. 2009, lost in a wild card round to the Ravens. 2010, lost in the divisional round to the Jets. 2011, they beat the Ravens in a championship game at home. 2012, they lost to the Ravens in a championship game at home. That's right. 2013, they lose at Denver. 2014, they beat, uh, was it the Colts? 
That was the Deflategate game. Yes, you're right. Right? Yep. 2015, they lose to Denver. That was yep. a game where they had like four chances. They tied it up at the end, and then they got stopped on a two-point conversion. Unfortunately, Peyton Manning, he was uh, hold on by a thread. So, yeah, they, they held on by that one. 2016, where they beat the Steelers? Yes, that was when Le'Veon Bell got her like the first play, and like right, that was yes. In 2017, the the Jaguars. Yes, right. Yep. The Jaguars had a ten point lead and blew it. Impressive memory. 2018, um, obviously the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, like I said, the common theme of that is every time they've gone to the Super Bowl, it's been the AFC Championship game in Foxborough in and, Gillette. With that, and we know how yeah, hard it is to beat last them. Right. Yeah, and, right. But, exactly. Yes. So the, it's twice in 15 years, essentially, that they've advanced. But let, 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 let's get crazy for a minute, okay? Sure. Say the, the Chiefs beat them. Chiefs are what? Eight and four now? Eight and four. Okay. So say the Chiefs beat them this week. So they're now nine and four, and the Patriots somehow fall behind the Chiefs where they don't get a bye. Okay, the last time the Patriots have, did not have a bye was 2009. And that was when they lost to the Ravens in the wild card? Yeah, they okay. got destroyed by the Ravens. So last Brady's time, first wow, year back after the... Uh, so we talk about the consistency, right? What is it? 18, I've got the number. Whatever winning seasons in a row. I think well, 19 winning seasons in a row. Every year they've had a winning season. Right. And since it's like, 2001. And the, the, the years they've had 10-plus wins have been like... Every I year think since every 2003. Year, so it's right. As you said, to think about it, 10 years they've gone without getting a, first, the, a the, buy is insane. The only year they did not have more, a 10 or more wins was 2002, Brady's second year when they were 9-7. and seven. And then the Jets won that division. The Jets won that division. That's the only year Brady played a full year that they did not win a division. Insane. 2008, obviously, he didn't play. The Patriots right. won 11 Matt games, Castle. and the Dolphins were 1-15 the year before winning the division. Right. Um, all right, so I, I love it because I want to get into this, right? Because I think I know where you're going with, with Tom Brady. Are you, what do you want to talk about here? Because I have a – I'm pretty fired up coming out off a of Sunday night and how people are trying to claim the Patriots to be dead, especially at least Tom Brady – we're, we're, they, they, you're look, you're they, leading down the Patriots' way, so I'll let you take it where you want, and I'm, we'll I'm, go from there. Look, I, I would never, ever count out the Patriots at any point, 100%. ever. Okay? If, if you do, you're fooling yourself, and you get set up like you did last year. There, there wasn't a person alive who didn't think with, in the fourth quarter that the Chiefs weren't going to the Super Bowl. Okay? They, they had everything right there for them, and still... Brady made the plays. How many third and tens did he complete to, to Edelman? The last drive, the, the Chiefs pick him off. Right. If D, think about it. D Ford lines up six inches yeah. farther back. It's a different See, discussion. The Chiefs from the Super Bowl, and we're talking maybe, maybe this is, you know, the, the Patriots signing ending is a bigger topic that, than it is after just one game in Houston. I, I remember a game in 2006 against the Chargers. This is when Ladanian Tomlinson was in his heyday, when the Phil Rivers was young. Yeah, okay. I, I think they were 14 and 2 that year, if I'm not mistaken. The uh, Chargers were 13 uh, and 3. 13 they, and 3. They were just yeah, world you're right, beaters. Yeah, right. They were 14 and 2. You're right. World beaters. And uh, they were 13 and 3 when I lost to the Jets in, in 2009, the Chargers. Um, so. They're, they host the Patriots, yep. and there was a play, I think, where Marlon McCree intercepts Brady, and it looks like, okay, game over, and then he fumbles. I think it was one of the Patriots wide receivers, because this is what they teach, stripped them, they got the ball back, and then they wound up is winning Is that not game. classic Chargers, by the way, watching again how they lose yeah. this game on a passing field? Like, is that like, they yeah. had the game won again. It's been their entire franchise finding new ways it's, and creative see, ways to lose. It's, it, it's funny, because somebody, Rich Eisen posted on it, uh, I think it was Twitter, Name a, a franchise that has more creative ways to lose than a Chargers. Can't. Okay, but so In many, any sport. Any people, sport you but can't. Here's what a lot of people posted the Lions, because the Lions have, I think, have had the lead in every game uh, and, and still lost this year. Okay. The only team I can kind of compare as far as big games, and they, they kind of did away with it because they won the Stanley Cup in 2018, but the Capitals. 
I mean, think of how many times. You remember a couple of years ago, they beat the Islanders in the first round. They're up 3-1 on the Rangers, a minute away from eliminating them. They yep. allow the tying goal, and then they allow the goal in overtime, and then they lose the series in seven games. They've blown, I think, seven series that they had a 3-1 lead. No other team has done that, like, more than three times. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'll say this about the Chargers. I think this is the difference. It's the way – it's not like that they lose. It's not that they blow leads. Like you said, the Lions having – I believe the, they've had the lead in – I think the stat was on Thursday. They had the lead in every game, and I think eight times they had the lead in the fourth quarter, and they lost – The Chargers? No, the Lions. The Lions, yeah. So, but it's like the way the Chargers lose. Like losing well, la- this past Lions week on a pass kind of, interference yeah. right. call. But that, that, like the Lions well, are just bad. Like, they do – they just collapse in the fourth quarter. Like – the Chargers find new ways. Like they, they're creative with the way they lose. Miss field goals. A passer. Like how often do you see a pass interference call with? Well, I, you I don't. And you, and you never should. With eight yeah. seconds, you never should. So they it's did. just like the the way they find ways to you, lose. Were you watching that game? Did you think yeah. it was pass interference? I did not. I thought it was a little ticky. T- I, I'll be honest. Watching it initially, I thought, oh, that didn't look great. And you see the replays. The more I watch it, the more I thought that's pretty. The receiver knew what he was doing, ran into him. The DB was working his way, like turning his head towards the ball. So to me, I'm shocked it wasn't reviewed. Like that, to me, like when you have that pass interference rule, right? Well, what, and two minutes, everything is reviewed in the booth. They can buzz down. I thought, even if you don't change, just, just for the sake of having this ruling, just for the sake of optics, look at it. Mm-hmm. Just to say you looked at it, right? Just it's but you exactly can't. the Colts and the Texans with that fumble to end the game. I think the Texans still had the ball and you couldn't see a clear recovery. Just look at it, just to say you looked at it. Mm-hmm. Don't just you know, wow, the Texans got it. We won't eat, you know, like. These people get frustrated. They have replay, right? Use it. People get so frustrated for the unnecessary replays and the challenges that don't go their way. But now you finally have a spot, even if you don't overturn it. Just placate the fans, placate the other team, just say you looked at it, say you tried, and then make up some BS explanation as to why you know, the, the, the Chargers defensive back should have been called for pass interference or why the penalty was correct. Don't, that, that was my frustration. Just, just pretend you care. Just right. pretend that you're going to look at it. even if Because the call percentage overturn is what, 10%? Not even? That's generous? Well, now because it, of the last couple weeks. Right. Yeah. And it's got, right, right. But um, it's just like still, just, just look at it. But you, you could... You could look at it and then call it, you know, that why if, if, if the rule is there to prevent things like that, I know you can't challenge it because it last two minutes, and that's another stupid thing. But, that's, but the, the booth reviews, but that's the reason why. Like, they look at everything. So they don't, they are like saying coaches shouldn't have to challenge it because everything will be reviewed. And Mark, what, what was the whole thing? Like, they put this rule in place because a game was decided. It's exactly like that. This is the, there was exactly. eight seconds. There was, what, three seconds after the, so when the ball was on the ground? And, that decided and, the game. And you're a referee. You're looking out for that. You're saying, hmm, what are they going to do here? You know what? They're probably going to throw a ball long, hoping for a pass interference. Right. Unless he, somebody tackles the wide receiver, you don't call it. Especially something like that where there's the, almost like it looks like incidental contact. Right, it's like it's they, one he thing wouldn't have caught the ball anyway. It's not like he was preventing a catch. Right, the ball was thrown to the inside of the of the corner, so he didn't have a chance to catch it right. even if the corner wasn't there. And he was. It's not like he ran the cornerback ran through the receiver, which he didn't turn around for the ball. Which again, passer, it's every time you got to make an effort. He was turning around. Right. So it's just like again, and this is I one of the better of, corners in football. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? It, I don't think it would have gotten overturned if there was to review. No, probably not. But again, just for the optics' sake, it just to have say been you called. tried. Yeah, should have right. been called. Just say you reviewed it. Leave the I call in the field and then just move on. I don't like when referees decide a game. No, I don't I mean, either. Unless it's obvious like it was in a championship game last year. And because of that, now everything, everything's crazy. Right. Okay. 
Like, there have been worse calls in NFL history. You know, I'm sure Raider fans are still ticked off at the immaculate Absolutely. reception. Right. You know? And the, um, what was it? The, um, the holy roller, you know, the Chargers and the, and, the, and the Raiders where, you know. The tuck rule. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying. That, you know, yeah, officially, right. though, that was the right call. Officially. But the you point know, is but right. But still, the spirit of it, I guess, is what people have right. the most issues with. And it's just like, if you had the rule in place, why not? I, again, just if, if the rule's in place there with replay, why not use it? We saw in the Colts sections, just, just review it, just say you reviewed it. The rule's there just to check every box. Same thing with this ending to the Broncos Chargers. If you don't see it, you know, you can judge for yourself with those passing interference or not. Again, me and Mark both on the same side of this, ticky-tack at best. And in that situation, especially, you know, I, would ho- I know people always say you want to officiate the game the same no matter if it's the first minute or the last minute. To me, especially towards the end of the game, I'd rather have things let go and, like, you know, egregious calls missed rather than ticky-tack calls made to change the outcome of the game like we just saw. So I, I did not agree with the philosophy and the flag itself, but, you know, I guess that's the day and age we're living in, Mark, right, with just pass interference, ruling the day, flags ruling the day, and it's just every game I feel like I watch now, it's just like you always hold your breath. Every big play, it's like, all right, where's the flag? Every incompletion, it's you're looking around. Every, and it's funny now, too, DBs, the first thing they do after, you know, putting their hands up, uh, initialing, or signaling incomplete pass, um, is look around for a flag. So do you, right? right. As soon as the play's over, I'm like... Look, and then yeah, you look to the you bottom, la- bottom right for the yellow yeah. graphic flag. It's like, oh, there it is. Okay. You got, you got it. Like, after, South, uh, after, after Alabama scored the first touchdown against Auburn, I'm standing up and clapping, and then I'm like, oh, no. Was, yeah, you got to compose There's yourself. There's like a three-second oh, yeah. gap wait a minute. now. You have to wait. All right. Uh, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's ridiculous. You, you and then even the, the waiting for the point extra, you know, with the replay now, know, every scoring play is reviewed. So I it's know. Like, until the, you can't really celebrate until the extra point is kicked through the upright. It's like, oh, okay, all right. Oof, that touchdown's going to stand. You know, it's just it's uh, crazy right. how we're conditioned. You're now. right. It, 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 it's, you would think with, uh, as things progress and, and you we're able to do more things with technology that it should be better. But it's almost like there's more to complain about now than there ever was. I mean, you know, it used to be if you didn't get a call, you, you, you cry and you moan and then you move on. Now it's you cry, you moan. Okay, well, let's try and come up with some sort of scenario where uh, this can't happen again. But when you're dealing with human beings, you're dealing with error. Yep. So that's going to happen. And I, I think if you take it out of that context and you put it into some sort of combination of a, a human and computer, you're going to be all you're left is with utter confusion. Yes, and that's the worst part, right? They like right too many flags is excess, you know. The, and the uh, part of it too is just lack of communication between either the referees and the broadcast or whatever. Like sometimes you don't know what the ruling is, why, um, and it's not really explained well. Which maybe if that you know communication was better, at least we can understand the thought process and why the flag was thrown or not thrown. But everything right now with replay with officiating is, is just a mess in all major sports. I mean, NFL obviously. It's the, uh, the most pressing and the most visual just because it's so scrutinized week in and week out. Um, but, again, another game decided by the referees and the Chargers-Broncos. Not that that game really had any effect on postseason chances or playoff hopes no. for either the Broncos or the Chargers. Both were no. lost seasons. But, but like, like we were talking about, okay, I, I've, I've tried to find this. I haven't been able to. Chargers are four games under five hundred, and they have a positive point differential. That's really hard. That is really, really hard. <laughs> They've lost, what, I think they lead the league in one-score yeah. one score games? Yeah, they lost, I think, all their games by seven points or less. It's crazy. Yeah. Again, the char- Chargers, not only do they find new ways to lose, and in order to do that, they have to lose close as well. So another game 
like that that they lose to the Broncos. Um, so with that, when we come back, obviously we have a lot of college football to get to. Mark just talked about Alabama-Auburn. We'd love to get that game, a lot of other games as well. Um, also want to talk about Tom Brady and the Patriots. Are they done? Mark hinted at it. We'll kind of discuss. I haven't hinted that they're done. No, I know, but that's coming out of Sunday night game. As you know, everyone every year, there's always one game the Patriots play bad, and, and that is everyone exactly. jumps on the past maybe 10 years. They, this is just what they want us to do. Exactly. Like, oh, well, they're going to know. No, I, I do not believe that. I, I think that they are still the biggest threat, but when you look at what the Ravens do well, it's probably one of the things that you cannot account for, where Belichick can't go in his dungeon and come up with some sort of in, incredible scheme to, to ruin – a game plan. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's possible when you have a guy who can get so many yards off a broken place. No, you're 100 percent right. So we'll talk about why the Patriots aren't going anywhere yet. Again, a lot of college football to get to. Jets and Giants. <sighs> Not much to say there. We'll just no. leave it at that. But, but but there is one stat I want to get to before you know when we come back from that. Okay. All right. So Mark Mark has a great stat we we'll get to. So it is the morning boys. Ryan Hickey, Austin Tidalbaum, Mark Everett Kelly, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Morning Boys on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. <laughs> Hang on, Snoopy. Uh, 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 Jersey Boys, great play, great movie. Yeah, that great was movie. also a good movie. It wasn't like a like I'm not saying the gangster flick, but that was. It's a, good a movie. decent combo, if you know. You know what's a good movie? The uh, my I heard a lot of arguments about mafia movies, and they say that my best friend is a big mafia fan. Says that the uh, movie, um, oh man, it's still oh, oh no 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 it's it's it, like it, me. It was, it was a play. It was a play. It was Chaz, Pum- Chaz Pum- Pulmonari. Chaz Palminari, the Bronx Tale? Yes. Oh, yeah. I've I seen the play, and that's in the movie. Chaz Palminari. This guy. Chaz this guy. I'm going to turn Palminari. this mic off quick. Okay. So I think, I think that his <laughs> – people say that that's probably the, one of the best uh, mafia movies, just because of how real it is. And how Your father's the hero. All right. I'm going to turn this mic off again. But like I, like I was saying, like, uh, do you know who directed that? Guess, Mark. If you knew who directed it, I won't turn it off. Turn, turn your mic off. Who directed the Bronx Tale? Yeah, guess. Don't know. Robert De Niro directed the Bronx Tale. Oh, okay. Tale. Hmm. How about yeah, that? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, 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 I'm right. That, well, that that sounds familiar it to sounds me. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Wow. He also played the dad. What's the What's the famous line about Mickey Mantle? Uh, Mickey Mantle cried after the in Game Seven of the World Series. No. And then the kid's upset. He's like, uh, Mickey Mantle doesn't care about you. Well, Mickey Why Mantle don't pay me? your bills. Yeah. That's that's life right there for you, huh? That's a real. Who cares? What are you crying for? Who cares? Mickey Mantle. His dad, it, Robert, Robert De Niro, reminds me of uh, in that movie. Reminds me of my dad. You know, telling me to stick up to people and don't be like uh, those bad guys. Yeah. Don't be like that guy, Mark. Don't be like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta write it to that one. He's Holy cow! Agree. Your father's the hero. <laughs> oh, that was the best. Yeah, don't turn your back on me. What was what was the kid's name? C, right? C. Collagen. Yeah, Col- the kid wind up, you wind up in jail. Yeah, yeah, he was real. But he's out now. He was in The Sopranos, I know. Yeah. Interesting. Collagen. This is a great episode. Probably my favorite episode. I get to talk this much. Go ahead. Uh, I guess back, back to the clown ones. I've been waiting for the man to 
So, if you're listening, like what you're listening to, a lot of mafia movies. If you want to give us a call, 1-877-909-9977. We're also on Facebook. We can watch or listen to us live. Uh, if you want to throw the Morning Boys a like on Facebook, um, our network page, Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Facebook, and again, the Morning Boys. All our show content, every single show, Tuesday, Friday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. will be posted there, as well as every article, myself and Mark Wright, um, which is at least once a week. Uh, Mark is very active, writing a I lot write of great stuff. I write the best stuff. articles. Austin is also now writing. Austin, what did you write last week? Nothing. Nothing. All right. I, I wrote about how the Irish and got me mad. <laughs> uh, if Austin ever does write, you can find his work also on the Morning well, Boys Facebook page. Well, Yankees start playing again. I'll start writing. Oh, okay. okay. Well, he'll be our beat writer for, uh, for the New York Yankees. Um, <laughs> we're also on Radio.com now, which is very cool, very new. Wait, I, Search Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I get a lot, I get a lot of people network. saying they can't, they can't do it. On Radio.com? Can't do Radio.com. Can't do radio. Have you found it? Yeah, Worldwide Sports so Radio people Network. people are just wrong. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. Radio.com. I believe this was last week or two weeks ago we finally got on we there, got it, yeah. which is very exciting. We're also on TuneIn. Worldwide Sports Radio.com is where you can watch or listen to the show. Every show, not just ours, um, but a lot of also great content. Again, that is posted throughout every day, all day. Let's see, radio.com. I just get a lot of people that, uh, that keep telling me, they keep saying they can't find us, but I want to know why. Hopefully, this is, let's see. The only thing with radio.com I'll say is it's tough, it's it tough, tough to search. It is tough to navigate. It is a bad thing to navigate. There's really no search option, but I'm looking. Look. I see ESPN. I just can never find it. We are. I know. I, I searched for I it. I saw it one time. I did was able to search for it on the app. I'm right now oh, looking at my laptop, so it's a little bit different. But I know we are on Radio.com as well. Uh, if you're having trouble, with me, let us know. We can try to figure that out as well. We're under sports, right? Under like under sports. Comedy. We do. Music. We do talk sports. Sports in the old name. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So I'd hope you'd be under sports. Maybe not like music or drama, but imagine it's in drama. That's why I can't find it. <laughs> it's too much drama. Um, but Mark, so we did talk about this last segment. I want to get into this a little bit more. But obviously. The Patriots and the Texans, Sunday Night Football, a lot was there. The Texans looked really good. They get the win over the Patriots. Bill Belichick finally gets the win over um, – oh, sorry, the Texans get the win over the Patriots. Bill Belichick gets the win over – Bill Belichick loses, excuse me, to Bill O'Brien. Um, but obviously the big thing coming out of that game, the offense of the Patriots, which has been a problem all year long, really exacerbated this game as they just looked awful. Tom Brady and his receivers were not on the same page. Couldn't really establish the run, couldn't establish the pass. Their offense was basically sputtering in third or fourth gear all night. Couldn't get it figured out till really the very end when the game was already in hand by that point. Um, are you, because obviously now, as we just talked about, people love jumping on the bandwagon of the Patriots are done, Tom Brady's finished, talking about his age, completion percentage, all, all the stats of the numbers kind of back up. Tom Brady maybe seeing a decline. Um, which is something that we may never thought we would have seen before. Are you buying into it? Is this just one game where you know you're not too concerned the Patriots had a bad day, or is there some legitimate concern if you're a Patriots fan that this offense won't get figured out anytime soon? Maybe Tom Brady's showing his age at forty again, forty three. Let, let's just you know say for what it is here. Tom Brady's not young. Are you f- buying into the fact that maybe the decline? I'm sorry, he's forty two. Excuse me, Tom Brady's forty two. Mm-hmm. That the decline is finally here. For Brady's no, offense. We looked at 326 yards, three touchdowns against the uh, Titans, uh, against the Texans. Uh, Texans, And it looked like at some point in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, the games can't be any longer than 60 minutes, but you get the feeling the game was a little longer. The Patriots would have won. Um, but yeah. it, it, they never had any game. It, you, you could make the argument beginning you know, after the Texans scored to make it 26 9 that, okay, this game's over, and it, uh, or 28 9, and, and it never was over. 
Right. Brady's still – there's always hope, I think. And, and you saw it last year in the playoffs against the Chiefs. You saw it uh, especially in a Super Bowl down 28-3. I mean, it's, it's just, every time he gets written off, he comes back. And it, it, so, look, it, until he's retired – until he's in the grave? Yeah, no, no, not in the grave, but until he's retired, I would say, you know what? I would never count him out. I would never say he, they're done. I would never bury them. No. I'm 100%, 100% with you. And it's just, especially if you want to talk Tom Brady specifically, right? Because, like I said, their offense has been pretty bad. Their defense has been carrying them most of the way. And again, you look at their schedule, they've beat up on a lot of weak teams. But to me, why there's no reason to think that Tom Brady's in decline and this is like the beginning of the end for him. Again, I get every team goes through attrition, right? They lose good players that, you know, you have to bring other guys in. That's why depth is so important. And something the Patriots have been able to do consistently this entire dynasty run. But you look, their offensive line is the most banged up they've been under Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. The wide receivers have been the most banged up probably in that same period. And the biggest thing with, with the Patriots offense, right? Tom Brady statistically is never going to be the top five, even the top 10 in yards, touchdowns, you know, just like in terms of being a dynamic quarterback, because a lot of the offense, a lot of philosophy is dink and dunk, right? A lot of underneath routes, a lot of checkdowns to running backs. And the reason why that's so important is because that is so much built on trust with receivers and comfortable, you know, having these receivers comfortable and understanding reading defense is the same page Tom Brady's, right? That's why Julian Edelman is so tough to cover because him and Brady Basically, you know, when there's one of these underneath routes, he has three options. He can break outside, break inside, go up the middle, and basically they read that based on how the defense is aligned and they're playing. So that it needs so much trust between Brady and the receivers that right now, because they're so banged up, because so many new faces are in, that they don't have that. Like Muhammad Sunu, they trade for him, a great wide receiver. But he's only been there a few weeks, so he still hasn't built up that trust yet to where they're reading defenses on the same page. And we saw it. Last night, Dan Olowski, um, or, or Sunday night, excuse me, Dan Olowski had a great breakdown on Twitter during the game, actually, highlighting, um, I believe it was Philip Dorsett, where Tom Brady made a little hand motion at the last second for Dorsett to make what Olowski looked like to be a double move. And if you watch the play, Tom Brady basically gets a snap, takes one step, doesn't even look in the direction of Dorsett, and just throws a deep ball in Dorsett's direction without even looking at him, assuming they're on the same page. Dorsett ran like a 10-yard curl route. Brady threw it 40 yards over him, and there's obviously miscommunication. And you could see Brady talking about how Dorsett missed, missed the check and, and missed the, the signal to go deep. And so it's just like when they're not on the same page, not to mention the receivers aren't getting the separation that they're having, to me that's more on the wide receiver group and the offensive line group and the running backs not doing their job compared to Tom Brady not being good, not you know, making some bad throws, not having the arm strength. To me, everything is still there. Like the accuracy is still there, the arm strength is still there, the decision-making is still there. It's just when you're having these guys not on the same page, not getting open, it's tough for you to do your job, not to mention you're getting hit more than you're used to. To me, that's why you combine everything else. It's more about what's around Tom Brady not getting the job done than it is Tom Brady bringing everyone else down, right? That's how I uh, look yeah. at it, at least. But he's been in those situations before. I mean, you know, some of the worst wide receivers he's had, they've, they've won the Super Bowl, been to the Super Bowl. You know, when he had the great wide receivers like Moss and uh, Welker, they didn't win. They lost twice to the Giants. So, you know, it, but it's usually, not like the offense wasn't – like, I guess, too, because the offense is struggling. It's not like the offense was the reason. Like, now the, the, if they lose, the offense is the reason why they lose. Whereas, like, when you're right, when they had Welker, when they had Moss losing to the Giants in 07, the offense was not the issue at all. It's well, the, the defense has kind of always been an issue because if you look at the fact right. that – Toward the end of games, the defense always usually collapses. Right. You know, it wasn't yeah. for a miracle interception. Um, 
against the Seahawks. They would have blew that game. Right. You know, they allowed the, score, the tying score to the Rams in 2001. They allowed the tying score to the Panthers in 2003. In 2004, they kind of got away from it with the, you know. They, right. they, they played the well Eagles. against the Eagles. Okay, in 2007, they allowed the go-ahead score against the Giants in the final minute. 2011, both years, yeah, both they allowed years. the go-ahead score in the final minutes. And then 2014, they again allowed the Seahawks to go right down the field. They're one yard from winning, and they self-destruct. Right. And then against the Falcons, certainly the defense wasn't why they won that game. Yeah. Well, you know? the second half they played, they did play They better. did, but, but still, right. you can blame the Falcons. 28 3? Right. You're, yeah. right. You're right. That's fair. Um, you but it's just funny, right? It reversed, right? We've seen the Patriots so long, Tom Brady carry the offense, right. the defense just being well, the weak link. Against now the Eagles. Flipped. The Eagles wasn't Brady's fault through for, what, 500 yards? The reason yeah. why they lost the game is because the defense couldn't stop the Eagles. Right. And so the only Super Bowl where the defense definitely – was what it should have been under Belichick was against the Rams. Right, and they won them the game, right? 13-3, exactly. the defense yeah. was, was the one, especially that, against that high-powered Rams offense. Which but you can criticize Belichick, and especially his ability to end the game with this great defense in, in most of the Super Bowls they played it. Yeah, no, 100% right. Like I said, they've been strong enough as a team to overcome those deficiencies, and Tom Brady, again, mm-hmm. with, with just being the – but Brady saved, he saved them a lot of times. Yes, oh, absolutely. And now it's the, the, flip, the script excuse me, is flipped. Now yep. the defense has to save Tom Brady. And I guess the question, too, is to, so to me, it's like a two-part thing, right? So I, I think it's more about can the receivers get on the same page? I'm not sure. Obviously, this year more than ever, they're missing Gronk, right? Defense is right now. Yeah, he, he does, yeah. They're but taking Edelman, Edelman out. But, yeah. t- but now, like you saw the Texans, they double-teamed Edelman almost the whole night. No one else – can get open. Right. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby, Jacoby and Myers. Philip uh, Dorsett. Like, no one is getting open to step up, which is, again, we've seen Chris Hogan in the past. Julian Edelman, when Wes Oko got hurt. But, like, so many guys <laughs> we're used to seeing bursting out of the scene, playing well, stepping up for Tom Brady, and him putting them in good positions. Now it's basically if, if, James, um, if Julian Edelman is covered, it's going to be James White. Like that, that's all he trusts. So I don't know if that trust will be solidified between now and the playoffs. Um, but so to me, that's why I think it's more of a, a parts issue around Tom Brady than an actual Tom Brady is declining. He's not good because even his completion percentage is, is not good, right? It's, it's low. But again, that, to me, that's more the miscommunication, not trusting his receivers to be on the same page and not having them get open where he can't throw, you know, you can't put any windows to throw the ball. But so with that said, like we kind of talked about with the, with the Ravens, right? And the Patriots now, they need, especially this year more than ever, they need home field advantage at least to get the two seed to get a bye, at least, you know, play only one game on the road. When you look at the landscape of the AFC, Mark, right? Obviously you have the Texans, the Chiefs, the Ravens are, are world beaters. You have the Steelers, the Bills right now as those six playoff teams. How many, where would you put the Patriots in that, in that? Would you say they're the second best? Like in terms of confidence of going to the Super Bowl, where would you put the Patriots out of those six teams? Well, you obviously give the advantage to the Ravens because the Ravens whooped them up. Right. And because Harbaugh isn't – he's one of the coaches that can go head-to-head with Belichick and win. Yeah. Okay. You see, right. Historically, 100%. All right. Um, Andy Reid is probably in that category. All right. But we've seen Andy Reid – the one criticism of Andy Reid is that he's been great during the regular season, yep. and he's especially in champ- championship games. I mean, it's history in Philadelphia. I mean, losing championship games at home for Andy Reid is part for the course. Yeah, 100%. But you know what? It was for Bill Cowher, too. I mean, if you knew the Steelers. Good point. Okay. Steelers lost to the Chargers, one of the worst teams ever made the Super Bowl in 1994. They got by by the skin of their teeth, beating the, a bad, bad Colts team in 95. All right. 
They lose to the Broncos in 97 at home. They lose in 2001 to the Patriots at home. They lose in 2004 to the Patriots at home. These are all in AFC Championship yep. games. Okay? That's a good I point. have a fan who's a Steelers, uh, a, a, a good friend who's a Steelers fan, who, was, who hated Cower. Wow. And I'm thinking, how would you hate Cower? I'm like, this guy, every year the Steelers either have the best record or one of the best records. They're always in the playoffs, you know? And it was because they could, took him forever to get over the hump. What, where, when did they finally get over the hump? When they made it as a wild card team and they had to win three road games. Right. They win a road game at, at uh, Cincinnati where they knock out uh, Carson Palmer. Yep. Then they win a road game at Indianapolis where really, that, to me, that was one of the worst things because that was when uh, Tony Dungy's son died. And, I mean, it was just a, a nightmare for the Colts because that was a really good tell Colts me, team. Tell me about it. They lose, that was classic Colts, right. by the way, losing they, at they, home. They lose to them, and then they beat a Bronco team that beat the Patriots the week before. And, oh, they beat the Patriots. Now, it's kind of like when the Jets in 2010. Oh, they beat the Patriots. And it, oh, wait, you got to go to Pittsburgh, okay? Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what happened to the Broncos. Is, oh, we're having a championship game at home, you know, and they wind up – I mean, still beat them bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, and you know the funny thing about the, the end of that, the, the Colts game is even playing – they played about as good as you could play that game, and they still almost blew it because Bettis fumbled. And like and the one-yard line. And if it wasn't for Roethlisberger, yeah. they lose. Because Roethlisberger prevented that guy from running the ball back for a touchdown. Yep. Two-string tackle. Trust me. I remember well and over then, the field. Remember Jack, uh, Vanderjack? No, not you know, even close. Pointing, pointing at Cower and then missing a kick about as bad as you could miss a kick. The only kick Horrible. worse was, was the Ravens. Um, I forget the name of the kicker, to be honest, right now. In the, in the AFC Championship game against well, the Patriots. The, when it wasn't well, even like... Talking about, to, to, I believe that was... Because it was closer. It was right. a chip shot that but he missed. But it's like not even close, right? Mike Vanjack may have the worst miss it, it in was terms so of not bad. giving it a chance. Yeah. And I remember just the camera Peyton and Peyton Manning, his love, eyes rolling, he missed it. Because him and Vanjack did not get along. Oh, I love Peyton. Our, and, our kicker gets liquored up. <laughs> yeah. I love Peyton. And <laughs> next year, what happens if Randy Adam Vinatieri and things change? Yeah, um, and they come back against the... Uh, the Patriots now twenty-one three. Yep, and they oh, made yeah. it to the Super Bowl. Oh, that yeah. was one of the best championship games ever. One of the best football games ever I've ever seen. Don't have to tell me. So, with that said, where'd you put the Patriots? Second, third? Like you obviously okay, you have the saying Ravens all that. <laughs> I would put. Look, okay, you have the Ravens. So, I, I think the the Chiefs and the Patriots are are. We'll, we'll find out who is ahead of one another this week. Next, yeah, this week. Last year, the Patriots still kind of had the edge. You knew that if KC went up to New England, they weren't going to win. Like, they, they lost during the regular season. You kind of felt, okay, they should be good enough to beat them at home, but when push came to shove, they weren't. Right. Now, I think Mahomes was better last year than he is this year, but he's kind of grown a little bit. He got injured, so he's kind of learned a little bit, and we'll see how much he's learned coming out of that and how they're going to play against the Patriots this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I would... I would put probably, I think I'd put the Patriots second, to be honest, in terms of confidence level of making the Super Bowl. Right, because that, that's the thing, right? right? Right now, the regular season, they're still working things out. They have three weeks to go, four weeks to go, excuse me, before the regular season ends. If you're talking about putting bets down, if you're talking about confidence level to reach the Super Bowl, I'm taking the Ravens number one right now. I would put the Patriots second. I don't trust Andy Reid and the Chiefs. And again, we'll get that, a nice that's a valid but point, man. Even if the Chiefs win this weekend in Foxborough. To me, and again, maybe I'm just resting on history and kind of just right. giving the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. You're right. But when push comes to shove, right, in the playoffs, even going to, uh, to Arrowhead in, like, the You're divisional right. round or and, an and they, they, they usually lose at home. I right. mean, they, they had a long history of losing at home in the playoffs. Right. 
I, I do think the Patriots, again, Tom Brady will play well enough. That defense is playing really well. I think, to me, they'll do enough to at least beat the Texans. I 100% think they could beat the Texans in the playoffs. Same with the Chiefs and yeah, either yeah. The, the Bills or the Steelers, you know, if they're the two wildcard teams, you throw the Titans in there or the Colts. You know, there's like, you know, a few teams buying them for the sixth spot. To me, right, I think to me it's clear cut. The Patriots are still the second best team to make the Super Bowl. I have no, I still have any doubts. And again, Sunday night's game against the Texans for me is kind of like that, that Chiefs game about 10 years ago when everyone started panicking. Oh, man. Tom Brady, yeah. this this run is over. Yeah, and what we, happened? We saw Ten what years happened, of dominance, yeah. like, and on Monday night when they people, got better. Right, yeah. exactly. People love overreacting on the big spotlight when the Patriots. Oh, they've done that to them numerous times, right? When they buried the Patriots, they buried they did in two thousand nine when the Jets beat them in week two with Mark Sanchez. So that's my point. It's like it's just just like everyone loves getting overhyped and seeing the Patriots dynasty die. It's not it, to me. It's not there yet. It is not there yet. Absolutely. Um, we'll How about see. the Monday night? How about next week's Monday night game? <laughs> Talk about a stinker. I mean, talk about it. What about the Eagles? Like, I, I really misjudged the Eagles. Losing oh, to the Dolphins? I picked them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, Mark. Wow. I thought they were that good. And, I mean, for the NFC East, I At mean, at least you didn't yeah, pick they, the Jets they, to win the whole thing. They shouldn't allow the NFC East winner in the playoffs. That was like. Just say, you know what? We'll, we'll take another team from the NFC West. Thank you. How far yeah. was it? About ten years ago, when the Seahawks were seven and nine and yeah. hosted a playoff game, yeah, that, and they actually, they beat, actually the beat the Saints, with, with yeah, because Marshall Mar- Lynch, yeah, insane run. We, we, we like you know knocked over sixteen guys. Like did Derrick Henry stiff arm, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Except that, could you imagine the Dallas Cowboys or the Eagles right now, and maybe eight and eight, hosting like the 49ers or the Seahawks? I know what the I spread know. would be. I know, and what kind of that, game that's that what's going to wind up happening because they'll get a four seed. Right. Okay, so they'll play the five seed, which is going to be either the Seahawks or the Vikings or the 40. Pro- I would say probably the Seahawks the 49ers or the 49ers. Excuse me, right, the 49ers or the Vikings, like a team like that, or the Packers. Like, it, it, Look, I, 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 I used to, me and, me and, me and Russell Baxter used to have this argument um, about, you know, just because you won a division, to me, shouldn't guarantee you a home game. You play a full regular season. If you have a better record than the other team, you should get home field advantage. Um, and his argument is, no, you win a division, you deserve a home game. And it was a, definitely a valid point to that, that I, I, w- I would agree with about 49% of it. Interesting. Okay? But I think that just because you win a weak division, you shouldn't have the advantage over a team that has played in a really hard division, had a, has a, like, we're talking about three, four game ad, you know, advantage. Right. So you would see based on record, like, division, you still go to the playoffs, you're saying, but in terms of getting a home game, Strictly you recede. Recede. I kind of like that idea, to be honest. I do. Right. Like, you would reward the Seahawks. It's not the Seahawks and the 49ers' fault that they're the two best teams right now in the NFC. And they both go in the same division. They're both 10 and 2. You're going to think about it. You could have a 13 and 3 wild card. It's crazy. Well, that's happened before. Right. I think the, the Chargers last year were 12 and 4 and had a wild card. So, right. Mm-hmm. It does happen where just like two teams catch fire, the rest of the conference is down. But that's a, I, I don't hate that idea, to be honest. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't think the NFL will do it, to be honest. But I, I wouldn't hate it if they reseeded by record. You still get a playoff spot if you win your conference. Probably still playing wild card weekend for the most part. You know, if you're if you're one of those bottom teams. But well, that Saints team had how many wins in 2010? I don't remember. Like 10, 10, 11 wins. So it's still like a four win difference. Yes, you're right about that. But it's still it's sort of one of the, when you're seven and nine. I get it. even if you're at home, you shouldn't win the. But I mean, there have been like I looked up one time the biggest difference in playoff games between wins and losses or between wins. I think like in 1987, the, the Niners went 13 and two, and they, they wind up playing the Vikings, who were eight and seven, like a five-game different. 
a differential. They're, they're, I think they've been in like six game differentials uh, as far as wins and playoff matches. Uh, that, that's kind of extreme. Saints were 11 and 5 that right, year. So, so they had four more wins than the Seahawks, and they had to go to Seattle. And we know, like, Drew Brees, as great as he is, Drew Brees has won, what, one road playoff game? Ah, uh, that sounds about right. And yeah. that was in, what, uh, Green Bay a couple years ago or Philadelphia a couple years ago or San Francisco? One of those cold-weather cities. I think it was maybe Philadelphia with Nick Foles, I believe, right? With Chip Kelly, I, I believe you're right, like on a walk-off yeah. field goal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, right, the Saints are a different team in the Dome, outside of the Dome. But that would be interesting. Interesting little playoff format there to, uh, to change the vision. Now, I mean, look, you still have the, the top two – uh, teams get buys. Right. But then you, after you that, three, four, five, anything. six. All you do is just, right, receive based on field advantage. Because, I mean, why? why? You know, the, the regular season's got to mean something. And, and uh, I, could say, I could see the point, okay, you win a division, you get it. But to me, you win a weak division, what does it really mean? You won a weak division. Well, I guess it makes, you know, in terms of, it's you, know, like, you, you look know, forward, you have the Seahawks and Fortnite, they're both 10-2. and two. They play, I think, two weeks. Obviously, that game means more because the winner will take the division and get exactly. a buy rather than you know, the Not loser only do they win the division, but they get a bye, weekend, and they right. got to play on a road. Right. So exactly. the only chance that a five seed has to host a playoff game is if they play the six seed. Right. Exactly. So in terms of that, you know, I guess you know, in making division more important, they made the regular it season everything. more important. Now that game means so much more rather than if it was just you receive by record. All right. Well, the C- now you're just playing for essentially a bye rather than you know everything's right. at stake. You win the division, you got a bye, you got a home game. Whereas right. the loser will. Play wildcard weekend, no buy, and right. on the road. And do you, do you realize there used to be in the NFL, it used to be like uh, the World Series or the, uh, the, the MLB playoffs where it went, uh, where they rotated home field advantage? I hate that. It went like, I think it was before 75, they rotated by divisions who got, if you think about it, in 72 when the Dolphins were undefeated, they won the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh. Interesting. So you know, I'm were, glad that switched. I don't like that. There wasn't. No, I didn't like it either. I, that's why, it, to me, it would be like kind of like Alabama going on a road and playing TCU or, or, you know, or, or somebody like that. Right. You Just know, because it, it's, it's TCU or yeah, the Big if, 12's if, turn to host. Yeah. If, if they have somehow, if they have a college football f- playoff format where winning your conference matters in the seeding more than having a better regular season record. Right. You know? That, you know, having a team like that, like, it would just be stupid. Right. Like, they, have, they adopted essentially the NFL playoff format. Right. Then it's on a, on a rotating basis, nonetheless. We're right. Like, the Big 12, the TCU at, let's say, 9-3. Yeah. and three, Right. Yeah. Hosting an 11-1 and one or 12-1 yeah. and one Alabama. Yeah, because, they, because they, they, their, their division winner is 12-0. So, right. it would be like, you know, um, you know kind of look at the, the NFC East this year as kind of like, I don't know, the American – uh, association conference or something, AAC. AAC or something, yeah, you know, something like that, and giving them a spot in the in the playoff. It's okay. You're seven and you're you're six and five in the regular season. Here you go. Right. It's you know I, I don't know. What I, a treat for everyone in America. Tune like, in next Monday night. Giants. To, to Eagles. Got to be right. there. Got to me, have it. To me, the reward is you make the playoffs. Thank God you're in that division. You make the playoffs. You were seven and nine for the Seahawks. Instead of watching that 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 game, you should watch the Irishman. I might listen, I might <laughs> the, put it off the whole just thing. until next Monday instead night. We'll have a Monday whole night whole Irishman party instead of. Oh a, my god! Let's do it, and then we can explain to you how bad the movie is. <laughs> all right. So all right. Austin can just you know yeah. can, can Austin, just the only all in America. Yeah. I can pause and be like, look, look how dumb this is. Oh yeah, I'm not watching any movies. That's for sure. If you're gonna keep pausing, it drive me just insane. That. Just that. And, and I, I can probably you know we are not watching The Irishman together, or maybe any movie, because if you're going to pause it and say, look no, how no, bad no, no, this no, no, is. No, no, no. Obviously, obviously, I won't do that with 
with any other movie but right. the movie I've seen before. But right, look w- how bad this is. All right, I, I want to test your movie now. here, okay? Here What's your favorite here. Pacino movie? Hold on, let me let me put some movie music on. All right, favorite Pacino movie? Yeah, that that you know, I mean, he obviously he's done his mom movie. I like uh, Scent of a Woman. That's that's definitely good. Yeah, because yeah, I kind of that kind of had that guy's the kid's Hoo-ah. haircut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Frank Slade, I take yeah, a yeah. flamethrower at his place. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, I had his type of haircut yeah. growing up. What happened? Yeah. You got the bouffantage going on no, now. Right, instead. All right. Well, well, I don't you really can, know what you can always tell. How is that trivia too? He said, "Here's some No, okay, here, for here. You. No, all right. See, my my favorite Pacino movie that wasn't a mom movie. I I love Scent of a Woman, but it was Injustice for All. You ever see it? Uh, is that the cop one? Or is that no, it was when he when he was a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. 1979, it was like, you know, you're out of order, you're out of order. You're out of order. Yeah, that was one of my favorite, one of my favorite Pacino movies. Because he goes nuts at the end of the movie. That's, that's his motif, thrown out of the though. courtroom. Huh? That's his motif is to, uh, he's like, this court's out of order. That. Yeah, that, that, that was that's great. And then he gets dragged out, and as he's getting dragged out, he says, yeah. wait a minute, I just finished my opening <laughs> statement. Everybody's <laughs> clapping. Yeah, it was a great, great movie. I, I know you, you like haven't even seen like I know I'm sorry. you know like Ace Ventura, but <laughs> which was a you know, comedy would you, classic. Would you would you put a would you put Ace Ventura in the same uh, category a- as, Ventura, as, good, as Goodfellas? No, but Ace Ventura to me was one of the funniest movies I ever saw. Ace Ventura, yeah, Pet Detective, exactly. right there. This is it. Because I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. Go, go straight to jail. Hey, there's a curse in here though. Is it? Should go. To that blank in jail. To go straight to blank in jail. Nice job. Nice job to censor that that out. (laughs) Nice job to censor that out. He's guilty. You're supposed to. You're supposed to stand for something. He is a slime. He's a slime. You want to make a deal? The guy from uh, Coach was in that. Craig T. Nelson. This whole thing's out of order. Great, great What's, movie. Great let me, movie. Let me hear your Al Pacino impression. Nah, I, I can't. It's, it's hard to. This. It's hard You're to do. You're out it. order. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do it. It's hard to do a Pacino impression. <laughs> All right, maybe maybe next time, I guess. Your oh no no, it's hard. It's hard to do a Pacino. I, I I can't do it. I, I'd have to. I don't know. I don't know what I would have to do. Yeah, practice. Come in for no, Friday. Yeah, 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 okay. Come in for Friday. Guys, again, again. I feel Friday. like Joe Pesci. What am I, a clown? Yes. What am I here to amuse you? Yes. What I'm yes. funny? How am yes. I funny? How am I funny? Yes, I think so. <laughs> no, oh, you said I'm Mark. funny. How am I funny? <laughs> Mark, you are you are funny. That is for sure. A character, we we, we could say. Um, Henry, you might fall into questioning, Henry. <laughs> we got him. We got to do it. <laughs> you know he's dying to too. Mark, <laughs> Friday. I I know it. You Dude. love impressions. I think by Friday, I know you, you're gonna go home I can't, later. I can't do Pacino's really hard. hard. No, you know it's not. It's deep. You know who does a great? You know who does a great Pacino? Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but we're not allowed to show him that. Not put that on anymore. <laughs> because why? Because, it, because yeah, of the things so Kevin Spacey's. We're involved. not trying to get canceled too. Okay? Yeah, we just started this show. That's that's true. I don't. Like, I don't okay, want to here, here, all right. Here's it. What, what was your favorite movie with Kevin Spacey? Oh, on the Usual Suspects. That, absolutely. Or Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze. Let me hear your best Ka- Kaiser Soze. <laughs> no, you, you, there is no Kaiser Soze because he never like talked. <laughs> Verbal Kent. That's who he was. That was a good. That was a great movie. movie. That was a great movie. It was one of the best movies I ever saw. What is special. your favorite movie of all time? That's hard. You, you got to base it in whether it's comedy, whether it's a drama, whether it's action. My, I can tell you what mine is. What? It's Austin Powers. The whole thing. All three of them. That's my best. Or, or The Spy Who Shagged Me is probably. 
No, the, the second. Yeah, that one. was good. That was better than the first one. Yeah, the second one's the best one. I thought that was so creative and so original. You know, like when he's you know standing up there singing just the two of us. Like there was, it was so funny. There were so I, many I do love pop culture movie. references in there. You know, when that he's was like one of the first uh, one of the first ones like that with a lot of uh, pop culture right. stuff popped in. When he's playing, what if God was one of us yeah. on a piano and everybody's what if God yeah, was everybody's like clapping, <laughs> what a genius he is. <laughs> it was funny. Rob Rob Lowe was the uh, was number was number, num- number number one two. number two. No, yeah. number two. Because Doctor Evil Doctor, is number Doctor. one. <laughs> remember, you gotta remember. Doc- there we go. This I wonder so if we're going to get copyright for this, but I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. blah. No, he does, well, he sings in this. Just a slob like one of us. Brian's died to say some sports. And they were all like, blue, 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 blue. <laughs> it was so funny. Blah, blah, bleep, bleep, bleep. I love uh, Mike Myers, man. Will Farrell in that movie too. Yeah, he plays. Uh, I'm not uh, dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just come and help me. Ah, I, I think one of my legs is broken. I'm going to stand up. To, ah, they're both broken. <laughs> he was in a. He was in almost all three of them. I don't, I don't think he was in Goldmember though. So Goldmember was wasn't good. What? When, when you consider the second one, which was epic, really, it was. When you think of like sequels, that was probably the best sequel of anything I've seen. Wait, hold on. Because some people argue that Godfather 2 is the best one. Eh, Godfather 2 is long. Well, I guess the first one was long, too. They're I'm both telling long. you. I'm t- talking about long movies. You like The Irishman. It's like three. Can, I, I, wait, wait. I, I, what did I just say? I don't like long movies normally. Okay? <laughs> you can pay attention, okay? Pay attention over here. <laughs> Listening. It's not that hard. <laughs> Tell him, Mark. Tell him. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I was listening, to Mark. Don't Gold, worry. Goldmember is the one of the best ones. I think Did you like Goldmember? Well, I mean, I'm asking you. I, I saw that. This movie guy hasn't even saw Star Wars, probably. <laughs> no, I have not. It, what? You never saw Star Wars? You serious? I, I was saw joking. That in I'm dead serious. The first, Wait, or the original, like 1977. I have no interest in any of it. Okay. Why? Well, you, you don't have interest in it if you're not a sci-fi guy. It's just like Star Trek. I, I never got into Star Trek until s- I saw the movies. Smoking a pancake. That's the best. Dude, what's, what's his name? Uh, oh, man. What's the who plays Austin Powers' dad? Ah, what's his name? The Austin guy, Powers' dad? Remember? He goes, he shot on a turtle. Well, who's the guy that he goes, you drive a mini. It's not about the size of your car. Uh, no, when I think of Austin Powers' dad, I think of uh, the movie. I think of Mike Myers in uh, So He Married an Axe Murderer. That was an okay movie. That Heat. Was like, oh, Heat. Heat punks. Uh, uh, no. It was uh, <laughs> Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine. Yeah. Oh, He's been in like in every movie. Him, Walter Matthau, Gene Hackman, they've been in, like, millions of movies. You know Quincy Jones? Yeah, I know Quincy Jones. I've heard of him. Of course. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Bed-Up, Bel-Air, yeah. Yeah, but he he, he didn't make the theme to Austin Powers. They they just took his song, but it's not the Austin Powers theme. Quincy Jones is a genius. You say Chrissy? Quincy Jones. I said said Quincy. I did not. I said Quincy. Quincy. I heard Chrissy, like, in The Sopranos. I heard Quincy. Quincy Jones is a genius. Look, Fresh Prince, the, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was hysterical. I thought that was one of the funniest shows around. Did you? Wait, I watched a few episodes. I thought that was hysterical. Only Will, a few. Will Smith, Will Smith what do you was watch great. Besides sports, now, now I understand why you guys are so good. All you do is watch sports. Not I much. I get it. I get it. I'm very, very bad with with pop culture. I'll be honest. I have a lot to catch up on. I'm like an old man. Mark knows right. more than you. That's t- messed up. Mark does, dude. Mark's a I pop culture you, savant. When uh, there there was a, one of my best friends ever was a guy who knew nothing. I mean, he didn't even know who the Beatles were. He was so sheltered. He get out of here. You don't get me. I swear, I Beatles promise. Yeah, I don't know about that. I promise. He grew up. He was uh, homeschooled, 
Um, but I, I, I mean, I loved him like a brother. He was one of the best friends I ever had. He had absolutely zero in common. The church we went to, we were accountability partners. So you would go and you would get together during the week and you would, you know, tell them things that you, would, you were struggling with and you'd pray for each other. It's kind of, you know, a way to keep accountable uh, to, a, you know, to a friend, another man, uh -huh. you know, different than a woman, different than your wife. Um, and uh, we had zero in common other than God. And <laughs> one of the best friends I ever, ever had. I, I, I taught him. He taught me. It's like I remember I sat him down once to watch the announcement about Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson was, was my hero. Um, Jackie Robinson, Magic Johnson, probably my two sports heroes. Okay, um, and he didn't know anything about Magic Johnson, and I'm like, how, how do you not know anything about Magic Johnson? You know, it's like. Hmm. So what? Um, what did he know? He knew he was a, okay. You studied brown dwarfs. You know what brown dwarfs are? Okay, there you go. So. Right. If you don't know what he does, why wait, should wait, he know wait. what you do? Finish, finish your story. That was a good story. No, it's a, it, he studied brown dwarfs. He was a guy. He was a, a professor. That was, he was when I met him. He was at Stony Brook, um, and uh, it, it was essentially uh, brown dwarfs are, are part of the. They're not like uh, like comets, but they're kind of like in that category, um, and uh, that's what he studied. You know, he was a, he was a, it worked for NASA. So, I I'm the not, research for NASA. I would not have guessed with that. That was what you're talking about. But. <laughs> what do you think? Brown dwarfs were like midgets that walked around? <laughs> I don't know. See, that? that's a brown dwarf. Not like a, you know. I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll say this. The last thing I thought like about. Like the Keebler elves, like that kind of thing? The last thing I thought you were referencing was, was uh, comets in, in the air. That's for sure. NASA, but. All right. Hey, that's pretty cool. That's cool stuff. Can't, yeah. can't fault so that. You don't, you don't need to have, you don't need to know much about pop culture to have an effect on somebody's life even somebody who you have nothing in common with that's right mark that's right help me feel better about knowing so nothing. ryan there's a shot for you <laughs> um <laughs> i don't even know how to segue out of this i don't know <laughs> just talk about the jets you guys didn't talk okay about yeah okay anyway about the jets okay here's this thing Everybody hold on hold on let's you want to take a break first or no please i gotta take a wicked all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> we'll take a break we'll come back a lot of couch trouble to get to we'll talk about just the jets There's somebody's debacle. car door that needs to be unfoozen Austin. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy uh-huh all right i i yeah, we'll go to break it is the morning boys ron hickey mark ever kelly austin Tato. i'm with you on the worldwide sports radio network it's the worldwide sports radio network you're listening to the morning boys on the worldwide sports radio network It is the morning, boys, on a snowy, windy, wintry Tuesday morning. Thanks so much for tuning in wherever you are. We're on Radio.com, TuneIn, Periscope, YouTube, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You can both watch or listen to the show. Uh, we're on Facebook, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Facebook page. Also on, we also have a Morning Boys Facebook page, excuse me, just called The Morning Boys. So if you want to throw us a like, all of our <laughs> content is there. As well, you want to give us a call, 1-877-909-9977. A ton of mafia movie talk. I'm going to call in your about favorite mafia movie. Um, Please, Austin that'd be is the so dope. Only one in America who hates The Irishman. So if you watch The Irishman I don't hate in full, I you want to give us a review? 1 877 909 9977. I think it's a good movie. I'm just upset about how I thought it would be just a Scorsese type film. And it's just a regular, anybody could have and that's fair. I only if you want, if you're gonna watch a movie, watch it the whole thing. Don't not don't. And again, I'm prefacing with I've watched 45 minutes. I like it so far. <laughs> yeah, you're so gonna far. Hate it. <laughs> I like <laughs> it so far. Um, 
But again, any mafia movie you like, you want to call in Austin, well, he's vehemently. You're going to watch it and be like, wow, what is, what's going on? I don't even know what's happening. All right. Well, hopefully by, by Friday I can, I can finish it all. It, it is a, uh, it's a job that to watch so far. Um, <laughs> it's a job. It is. I mean, three and a half hours is that's, that's no uh, picture. You get paid for short. Scorsese should yeah, pay I'm going to call Netflix busy. saying you should stop paying me to watch your yeah. movies. It's too busy uh, watching uh, the Jets lose. Oh, yeah. Okay. Them. Now, speaking of that, here, a lot was made of this stat that no team. Bring in the clowns. Send in the Okay. Send yeah. in the yeah, yeah, that's, that's apropos for the You're for welcome. This. Okay. Thank you. Very good. Very good. I did my job right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you, sir. now, a lot was made of the fact that no team has ever before lost to an 0-7 and an 0-11 team. Okay. Now, here's the stat. Only four times in history, or, or I'll go back, since 1978 when they went to 16 games in the schedule, okay? Only, it's only happened three other times where a team played an 0-7 team and an 0-10 team. I remember do so a little bit. So, the three other times it happened in history, in 2011, the Titans beat the 0-7 Colts, and then they lost to the 0-13 Colts, okay? So, they were 1-1. In 2001, the Bucks, back when they had different divisions, they beat the 0-7 Lions and they beat the 0-11 Lions. Okay. And, and in 1980, the Rams beat the 0-8 Saints and then they beat the 0-11 Saints. So that was the only other time that happened in history where a team played a team that um, uh, two two teams that were 0, at least 0-7 and 0-10. So just only the fourth team to ever do it. So the fact that it's never been done before, it's like when you only have four th- four chances it's not like it's the most egregious stat i mean is it great no is it is it fitting for what we know of the jets yes you know i guess this is my pushback on that is that i get it right like i'm saying it's like, overblown like if, if you can overblown everything and jets deserve for some things to be overblown but this is something that's okay you know like that's kind of reaching you know if you say something has never happened before but it's only happened four times period in the last 35 years, 45 years, like it just shouldn't be. Boy, is it 40, 43, 44 years, something like that? I mean, it's just, it shouldn't be. And this is what I'll say to that, Mark. 41 I mean, years. It takes, for you to lose to two teams that are at least 0-7, it takes some sort of sort of talent to do that. Like that's, and again, I think the Bengals are better than their 0-11 record, especially with Andy Dalton as a starter. They're not, their roster is not 0-11 material, but to lose that game and not even show up, to lose the Dolphins game, which up to that point, I was convinced they would be the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I thought for and a fact... They're playing well, though, under this guy. They are. Floor, they are. Right? Under, and under Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I'm shocked that they still let him play. Because the, well, the, head coach, the Dolphins yeah. front... Brian Flores... Yeah, they're playing well under right. Flores. But they're it's really like good, the Dolphins front office doesn't want to win. They, like, their splits... But there's no the Tua now. There's no two way to play for. There's still a quarterback out there. But again, but it's, I mean, they're, they're playing the way out of you just get the best player available. Right. That's also another way to do it. They're playing the way out of getting a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Like, now they have three wins. But again, to, to, when they play the Jets, I'll just bring it back to this. Imagine having a I ticket was, for this Sunday's game. Oof. Where you have to freeze to death. You have to sit in parking. Like, uh, like, thank God probably nobody will be there. So you don't have to sit in like really bad traffic. But imagine. Like, which no, and you saw the Giants Packers this past weekend. No one was there, and no, no one should be there. No, no. Why would you pay money? Yeah, sit yeah. outside in the snow to watch a bad football team. And you're not going to give your tickets away because Dolphin fans don't want to go either. Right, right. You can't give them. Right. 
Right, at least the, the Giants fans could sell the Packers fans because the Packers want to see their team. They have a national fan base, a lot of people here in New York. All right, sure, they'll go watch the I Packers mean, for their one chance they get a year. I, no one is going to go watch Jets-Dolphins. I, I remember I was at the Spike game, the Marino Spike game, right. okay? Um, and, that, I mean, that place was packed. I mean, no, it took me forever to get out of parking lot. That's when I was in college. It took me, like, five hours to drive back to college that night. Uh, you know, stuck on the Tappan Zee Bridge. It was, it, was a, it was a nightmare. The whole thing was a nightmare, starting from the Jets blowing a 24-6 lead, you know, to them. You know, th- if they won that game, they would have been tied with the Dolphins for first place. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's funny because after the game, you would think Dolphin fans would kind of stick around to rub it in. All you saw in the parking lot were Dolphin fans running. Because the fans were ready to kill him. I could you know, only it, imagine. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was an experience. But that's what it was like. I, I remember being in 2001, how the Patriots won a division in 2001 was because the Jets lost to, I believe, the 2-12 and 12 Bills in Week 15 at home. Okay. And, and me and uh, my friend Sanford were at that game. And we sat there and we're like, how in God's name are they losing to the 2-12 and 12 Bills? And they did, and that's the only reason why the Patriots won a division in 2001 and got to buy to host that tuck game. The Jets should have won a division that year. Should have, but... But they didn't. But, but, but the Jets have a history of losing bad, bad games at home to bad teams. I mean, we've talked about this before. 1980, the Saints' only one win was against the Jets. 91, the Colts' only one win was against the Jets, both at, at Chase Stadium and at the Meadowlands. Okay, so them losing like this... Isn't new to me. This is par for the course. This no, is, I mean, I've seen right. this I mean, my whole it's, life. It's coaching. That's why I wasn't even going to bring it up today, to yeah. be honest. I'll just well, spare you, you the same old details. You it's don't know with Adam Gaze what you have. Like he, I thought after those three games, you saw some kind of game planning. And then I even said it on Twitter. Okay, this is Adam Gaze's chance again to prove he can make an adjustment. What kind of adjustment did we have? The first four drives of the second half, not only didn't they, I think they had like negative one yards. In the first fight, but they also gave up two points because <laughs> of his safety. You're right. So it's like at, at, this, at some point you're thinking he's just he doesn't either he's not prepared or he's kind of doing it on purpose. Just like you know what? Why? why yeah, it's like so it's almost arrogant. too late for that. They're four and like I don't. Yeah, know, I, I don't. Their draft stock. I don't know if they even have a top ten pick right now. Oh well, they they, they they do now. I think four and eight. They're they're they have the uh, let advantage me pull it up over right it. now because it is. There's a lot of bad teams right now. There are. You're right. So I, they're in the top ten though. Uh, let's see. They are. I'm sorry. They're number eight. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So but it's even still. If they're and they're going to get worse because they have the Ravens. They have the Bills. I, I have that. They have no shot. Look, I, I I thought at one point they would probably. Have a shot to beat the Bills, but what? Oh, I figured to make the playoffs. No, 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 no. I never thought they'd have a chance to make the playoffs. I, that, that was just beyond a pipe lunacy. Dream. Anyone who thought that the Jets would make the playoffs at that point. If the Jets wanted to make the playoffs, they would have beaten the Jaguars, and they would have beaten. We've seen how the Jaguars have fallen apart, and they would have beaten the Dolphins. So, and they didn't. Right. And then they lose to the Bengals. Okay. So, it's almost like. They, they went, okay, we got Darno back just to show that he's good enough to be our quarterback of the future. We'll come out, we'll play well against the Cowboys. Then we'll totally throw the next couple of games. We, you know, we didn't even bother to show up against the Patriots. Looked like we didn't even belong in the same league. Then we lose to the Jaguars, okay? But we you know what? We'll give you our first drive touchdown, and then we'll just call it in the rest of the game. And then against the, the Dolphins, it's like the Dolphins were bad. 
like really bad. Like people thought they weren't going to win a game. I thought for sure going. I thought the Jets were going to win. Like, and they, that I game wasn't even in, the like, Dolphins had any chance even, of winning. It wasn't any even, game. Yeah, it wasn't even really. I mean, you could say it was. It, the Dolphins were the better team. You came away from that game thinking this is a much better team. You know, then they, okay, then they have a, a little bit. They beat the Giants, who can't do anything right now. They lost eight straight. Okay, Giants stink. Yeah, they, they are so they, bad. They're bad, and then they wind up beating the Redskins, who up until you know they've won two straight now. You know, bad. Beating beating the Panthers is much more impressive than beating the Lions. Yep. You know, and at least uh, you know Haskins wasn't taking selfies at the end of the game either. <laughs> um, and then you have uh, this this game against the Bengals, where I think any Jet fan knew what was coming. They, you just knew it. You knew it. Yeah, I mean, at least watching this once, game, this was the, their worst game of the year by far. Once about I the Patriots, saw, the Jets, I mean, the, the Dolphins. Well, the Patriots were the worst. Like, I don't, they, 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 I don't that know. Was, they this were so one, overmatched. To me, this one was so much worse. No, but you're so, like, you're so look, the Bengals aren't as bad as they're at, obviously. I mean, Dalton, like we talked about, once I saw Dalton was playing, I, I knew it was over. Because Dalton's a good, he's a good quarterback. Serviceable, very serviceable. Well, he's more than serviceable. But don't matter, three-time pro bowler, okay? So, it, you know, guys that made, uh, made, made the playoffs how many times? Five times. He hasn't won, but he's good enough to make the playoffs four or five times. Good enough to win the NFC North a couple times, which is a tough division. You know, uh, AFC North, excuse me. So, mm, it's not like the Bengals are what they were in the 90s. You know, when they had like David Klingler and, you know, those, those type of quarterbacks. Okay, and Boomer, you know, when he was like had one foot in the grave. You know, so... It's not like they, they were that, or, you know, coached by Bruce Coslett. It's not like they were that bad, all right? They, you, you right, of, but it's still, I mean, let, let's be real here. You had a team coming on in a three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. You just dismantled a playoff team in the Raiders at home. And then, But you saw the Chiefs beat, beat them, too. I mean, the Raiders were overrated. The Raiders but, still, a, but the Raiders are a better team than the Jets. The Raiders are absolutely a better team than the Jets. One to 50. I, are they, what, Mark, I, what, are they not? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Mark. that— I think if, if you Mark if you have if you look at the Jets the fact that they played with like twenty five percent of their their God. team on the pay, on the injured list I think if you oh if you broke it down and you took their preseason rosters I would say they're probably about even I would say that the Raiders have a better coach Gruden is is head and shoulders above Adam Gaze but I think we're talking about strict talent if we're talking about strict yes. talent. I, I, it's kind of hard to make a case for the Raiders over the Jets. I think there's good play, there's there's players on both sides, but I, it's not like it's a, it's an obvious. Oh well, they're so talented, so much more talented. I, I think talent level they're kind of similar. I think coaching is where the big difference is. But when you say, but all that put together, wouldn't you say the Raiders are a better team? Yeah. Well, if yeah, when you consider coaching, yeah. I well, mean, that's part of the team, isn't it? Well, I think. The Cowboys. I thought you meant talent wise. No, yeah. everything because the the Cowboys have a top three roster. But they are not a top three team because they're coach drags. So everything right. you have to include everything, right. everything in the if conversation. You're, if you're doing it that way, yes, the so, is a lot better. Than but so my point is like you but play, they last, and they last play couple so weeks, they well, awful. right? I mean, no. if if the Raiders were so much better than the Jets, like like where where it's like a, such a can't miss, they wouldn't have lost thirty four to three. But I think it's also a credit to the, my point is it's a credit to the Jets because they're so inconsistent this year, right? They play, they played a great game last week against the Raiders, who were in again. Talk about, you know, if they're overrated or not. Like, this is not the ranking system. They were in the playoffs last week. They had the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. And the Jets dismantled them. But the Raiders also had a negative point differential going into that. 
So they, sometimes your record can be deceiving. That's what I, I say. I get it, but I mean, still, I, you know, your your favorite coach of all time sounds like Bill Parcells. What is his quote? Your yeah, arm, you are what your what you record are. says right. you are. You are what you are. The Raiders were a playoff team last week, and the Jets destroyed them. They so, did. But my point. So anyway, so we we're not. This is not about the Raiders. The point I'm trying to make is that the Jets are a good team. Like they're just insanely inconsistent, and so it's direct indictment on so Adam Gates, than the which is why. No, I would say no. No, they're not. Okay, well, they're a good. They're still a better team than the Bengals. They are ten times oh. better than the. So my, my my point is. I don't know. I, to, I, I think this is a, their yeah. Bengals loss was the worst game of the year by far, by far, and everything considered. You're on a three game winning streak. Your team is finally playing consistent for once, which has been mm. their biggest Achilles heel the entire season. At least when Sam, even when Sam Donald's been out, they just they're not they're not consistent. They can't put that effort out day in day out. You're going against yeah. an 0 and 11 team mm. that has mailed it in, mailed it in. They are terrible. Well, they did mail it in on Sunday. But that's but that's a, but the Jets and not, they they played the Raiders tough. They played the last couple of teams. They played tough even with an awful quarterback. You know, I think Dalton was a, was a, if Dalton was playing those last three games. They probably would have won two of them. And the uh, fact is, is that you know, they played the Seahawks tough, only lost by one point. So it's not like they're getting blown out of every game. I, I, I just think that if we're, if we're talking about, you know, Dalton going up against Darnold, look, the thing I was most confused by is the Jets looked so good offensively the previous three weeks. And then this week they looked like they had no idea what the game plan was. They had absolutely no idea what they were doing. But that's Nobody my point. The, the Bengals have the worst rush defense in the NFL. Right, they didn't the run the ball. W- How yeah. many times did Le'Veon right. Bell touch the ball? You're Ten right. times. You're right. For 32 yards. Are you right. kidding me? You're right. But that's the point. It's just like, how the, right. how the hell like, are they yeah. so inconsistent? Yeah. And it's almost, it's almost like you throw games. games. Specifically, it's like. And then you hear him at the end of the game, yeah, well, we didn't execute. And I, no, you know what you didn't do, Adam? You didn't have a game plan. That's why. Like, you can't just blame the players for not executing when you give them a crap game plan. You right. Know? And it's just like every, Here, every awesome. big play they yeah. had. It was like, negated by a holding call, like which me, is coaching it's technique. Like, it's like me asking him to execute to walk to the bathroom and telling him that it's like outside on 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 the Long Island Expressway. Right, and then it's like, and then you blame him for going the wrong way. Right, so he doesn't go in. What do you tell you? You're not you're not doing what I told you. Oh, it's but, so bad. But that's why I just he throws everybody under the bus. Everything considered, this was their worst game. And I get it. Right, the Bengals are better. Their record is better. They're better than, their than record, the record yeah. says. There, but at the same time, like. This was a team that's already down, and you gave them hope because their energy level, they were lifeless, Mark. That's no, I'm sorry, that's no excuse. They were. You're right. You want to talk about— You're absolutely right. After the Giants win, what do they talk about? Oh, if we yeah, went out, yeah, we're yeah. in the playoffs. Guess yeah. what? If you truly had that playoff right. mindset, right? And again, you could—right, I'm with you. I thought it was less than a pipe dream. Basically, 0% oh, yeah. chance. Yeah. But if you had that mindset, and you had Jamal Adams and other players believing that they could make a playoff run— you cannot basically throw your helmets on the field in Cincinnati. And I thought they look at the record, say we're a better team. Right. We're just going to throw our jock straps out there. We'll be <laughs> fine. I you're mean, right. the Bengals look like like you, it looked like their records were flipped. The you're Jets right. look like they win this team. The bets, the, the Bengals look like they had a few more wins. And it's like we should not be worked up about this. Like think about it. We're I'm not a Jets fan. Before yeah. I am fired up because that game yeah. was so bad. It was, it was bad. That it was. Game was. It was so everything you're describing bad. and worse. Absolutely. And I the am, Bengals dropped a touchdown pass that should have made. You're them, right. Like, they right. Were it should have been worse. Two to six. That should have been worse. Dominated. There was you're ten right. people in the stands. You're there was right. ten people. No one cared. If that. It was like a family of four. Oh my God. Zach Taylor has been a, a disaster as a head coach. Their offense is awful. Their defense is even worse. You could have ran the ball 60 times. Don't even throw the ball one time. They could have won the game. 
They, like, I just don't get it. Like, every other team could run the ball at will against the Bengals. They decide. Not even in the game plan. Screw it. We're not going to run the ball. Let all-purpose yards. We're going to sign this guy in free agency. Le'Veon Bell. Don't need him. The best running back in the free agent market. You're going to pay him all this money. Guarantee it. Save him, and now all of a sudden, next thing you know, ah, we'll just get, you know, we're 10 gonna, carries. We're going to trust our great offensive line to drop back and, and just, you know, give Darnold. Kevin Beach him yeah. another holding call. Boom, yeah, another yeah, flags yeah. on the exactly. field. Exactly. What are you doing? Oh, my God. But it was so, God. it was such, it was the best example of the Jets. That was a true, like, when you talk about play like a Jet, right there. That's, that's it, right there. God. That game was, if you were going to show what this franchise has been, the last, since they won the Super Bowl, this is it. Total inconsistency. You're scratching your head. You're ready to throw your TV set out the window. You're wondering, what am I doing on a Sunday, wasting my time watching this? It's like watching somebody get hurt. It's like watching a loved one get beat up. Yeah, it's, and again, I've been an Adam Gase defender on this show week in and week out. There is, I mean, to me, if like if there was, and I know a lot of Jets fans want him fired, if there was grounds to fire a head coach this week or this game, I should say, at the end of the year, should be the game you point to, because again, having stay a away team, to heaven. I don't know. A- ask Austin. Stay away to heaven. Yeah. Keep on talking. Tell you All right. Can, anyway, it got kind of boring, so they play some music. <laughs> Damn. What What are we supposed to do? <laughs> this is a talking. talk show. Keep on talking. I'm playing the music. Hold I'm on. Produce. Don't mind us while we we break. All right, I love cutting off his mic. It's my favorite. All right. Thing to do. Anyway, so my, so basically, my point before we brought Arson in tears over here is that like this is a directed down. When you have your team come out as lifeless as they did, as nonchalant as they did, and then try to have <laughs> a <laughs> a playoff mindset, but then have your team come out so arrogant that they they think they're the, that much better than the opponent and just basically sleepwalk through the whole game. What are you doing? Like, how do you get your team fired up, motivated, prepared for a, a game against a good opponent? Like, what did he say against the Raiders that made them come out with their hair and fire play so well? And then what did he not – like, did he just say, oh, guys, it's the Bengals this week. We're just going to take it easy. Like, did they treat this as – was this a bye week? Were the players practicing? Was there any film, like, breaking, broken down? Was there any game plan made? Mark. One week. One week. I didn't get the NFL. You don't think I've made this argument for the last 40 years? I get it. I guess I'm finally on your level with adjustments, with just It's like I'm so numb to it at this point. It's like, you know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. If they came out and just defecated all over the field, to me, that would be something I – like, that would not be a stretch. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. I hope Adam Gase was talking about practice. I don't think he was this week. I've never seen you guys so It may have been a Thanksgiving week. They may have given an extra vacation. All right, guys, we'll just, you know, here's Wednesday. We'll meet you. Everyone will just meet in Cincinnati on Saturday night. (laughs) Guys, we're going to party in Cincinnati on Saturday night. We're all going to be hungover for the game on Sunday. Why are you guys so mad about the Jets? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think think he's shocked. He's offended. He is offended. As a football fan, he is offended. Like I, I honestly, get it. I totally I get wasn't it. even planning on talking about the Jets today because it was just like this, this game is a waste is just, of time. Right? It's like the, it's a t- the I might, bank, might like you said, you saw the game coming, you saw the loss coming. It's just like classic Jets. I mean, we could sit here and drool for the next hour. That would be more effective and better for society than talking about the Jets. <laughs> but it's just like, I, and I, I don't even know what triggered me to be honest. But it's just like this team. What triggered you is because it's a shame. It's offensive to you. It yeah. should be. It should be offensive to a football fan. 
should be offended that people get paid to do what happened on Sunday. They were that bad? They were. They were that bad. But you know what? What was so bad? Also, they lost. Every, they lost twenty-two. Wait, Jamal to six. Adams got hurt on defense, so Jamal Adams getting hurt. Was Again, a big but part that, of it, but, but, but not one player yeah. against an zero eleven team. But that had nothing to I do with their offense. The their offense was so bad. Oh, Austin! <laughs> they lost. They had the Bengals had the worst rushing defense. They meaning that they are the worst. Anyone can run the ball against the worst so team at stopping they, the they run. Can score on the Jets easily. gave the ball Le'Veon Bell ten times. And they didn't score once. How many no. times they, they scored a touchdown. They didn't score. They scored two field goals the whole game. With a team that scored 34 points three <laughs> straight weeks. Again, the Giants and Redskins, terrible. Are you, and again, are you too Mark hard? is not buying into the Raiders. But 34 points three games in a row is 34 points three games in a row. Mark, mm-hmm. I, I think it's time for one of your rants. If you're, if what do you, you mean one of my listen, rants? Mark is apathetic at this point. What do you mean one one of my rants? You are the coach of the Jets right now, and you're in the Jets one locker room. One of them. What are you telling in your team oh, right man. now? No, I would well, love to hear action. First of all, if I was a coach of the Jets, I wouldn't be. How many holes? There would be are you nothing. I, I wouldn't have put no. them. I wouldn't have put them in a position to have a game plan where they had absolutely no. I, I am. I, I am nothing to choose from. I would mean, you pull really Woody bad. Hayes and like swing at one of your players? Ryan and I are, are, are the Jets. No, I would like, not. I could. The game's yeah. over. Yeah. We, and didn't, we just Woody, Hayes, Woody Hayes did not swing at one of his players. You swung at Clemson's player. players. Right. But I'm just saying. Well, in this scenario, I could see you on the sideline as it's. The Bengals score another right. touchdown. So tell us, yeah. guys. Coach, I was very. We're in com- the locker room right now. First of all, first of all, the biggest myth. I, when I was a coach, I was I'm composed. I did oh, we not know. Show that. I know. I know. We, we went you, over this. Yeah, with okay. your basketball technique. But now you're. But you're a Jets fan, right? So like this is. This, right. As a Jets fan, I am not composed. You're the Jets head coach. Me and Austin are players on the Jets. We're in the locker well, room again, coming off a 22 to six loss to a team that coach, didn't ha- good game, have a right? win. Coach, I, good. what are you saying to us I, right again, now? Again, first of all, as a coach, I, I don't have the kind of game plan that he had, which was absolutely tell us where the, we are impossible to right, explain. Fine, you Mark, just, you're watching that game now. You're all of a sudden teleported into the Jets locker room. You're not responsible for the game plan. You're just reacting did. to what you saw. What, what you I would saying? do is I would I would I would say. Hold on. And I would go up and I would just scream at Christopher Johnson. <laughs> what would you say to him? That's what I'm trying to get, get you to do. For being such a, a, a horrible owner. For not Would you giving, make the team take the bus back? For making horrible decisions on who he hires. I guess I would be one of the hires. But, I mean, no, I no, just no. think. You're a fan, right? You just were teleported from Sunday from yeah, your Yeah, that's what I would do. I wouldn't room. waste it. It's not the player's fault. I, I think the players are just part of the. Can you look, just say I mean, you can't just, say. If it's a player's fault, then all of them are. Like, there's a conspiracy with all of them. Going back to Joe Klecko and Marty Lyons and Johnny Lamb Jones and, you know, and Richard Todd and, you know, Richie Castor and, and, you know, all those guys. They can't be all of them involved in it. You know, some of my favorite Jets were guys in the 90s like James Hasty and Aaron Glenn, okay? Um, obviously, Darrell Revis. But, you know, it's, it's not so much the players. It's and, Look, you see the Steelers, you see the Ravens. They have an organizational philosophy that they follow. What is the Jets' organizational philosophy? I, there is I none. Know. I don't know. There is none. Coach, I thought we had an okay game today. Coach, we almost won. Coach, we played hard. close. Is he going to bite? Coach. What else have we got? The bait's out here. there. All right, you want to talk some college football? I, yeah, I guess he's yeah, not going to yeah, take Come on. Yeah, it's almost 1020. Right. We haven't talked we'll any college football. We'll take a break. We have a Ooh. ton to get to. A few questions. Does the number four seed in college the college football playoff even matter? And why it's a Michigan problem, not a Jim Harbaugh problem? We'll oh, get to all of that and yeah. more as the morning boys, Ryan Hickey, Mark Ever Kelly, Coach Mark Ever Kelly, <laughs> and also Todd, I'm with you on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
You're listening to the Morning Boys on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This song is. Look, it's just. Look at this guy right here. I love it. You just made his day awesome. You know <laughs> look that, at, right? Look how happy he is now. <laughs> yeah, guys. <laughs> Come on, this is great. You got That's my, my alarm. That's my alarm song. That is no shock. That is... There's nothing that ceases to amaze me at that point. Maybe it goes... It's hard to play. We're going to get copyrighted. Hey. <laughs> All right. Mark, a diehard ACD fan, ACDC fan. Pleading. ACDC or the ACDC Jets? Metallica, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Metallica or, or Jets? Who would you who'd you rather play for? Who would you rather? Yeah. What is it? ACDC? Sorry, Metallica. I'm, I'm sorry about yeah. that. Uh, look. You're going to get mad. Okay, here. Here's, here's what I break the Jets down to. I love the Jets like I would love a child. Okay? Like I would love a child with disabilities. I think that the Jets are a child with disabilities. So what's Metallica then? Metallica is not. Okay, Metallica is one of the best that's ever been in their field. So one or the other. Which one are you picking? For what? You can play. There's no choice. So you can't compare something great. You can't compare something great and something awful. Either you can (laughs) watch the Jets the rest of your life and not listen to Metallica or vice versa. You can listen to Metallica. Oh, that's nice. I think that's a good one. You ever see the... um, there was a, uh, you know, the skit I, with the bears. Do you notice he the, always deflected? But here's, here's the thing. He's deflected. Do you know? I, 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 I'll tell you what. There was Wait, a skit. There was a skit on Silent Live with the, you know, the bears. bears. I know, okay, it's a big skit. Where the, the final dicka was dicka yeah. versus um, Jordan or something like that. Yes. Or the, the bears versus the bulls. And then I think the final answer was such, such a question could never happen in the universe. because uh, That was the right answer. Um, so I, that's how I feel about that question. So I didn't hear that's an answer such there. A, that's, such a, that's such an equation would never be brought on society. So what, what's the answer there? there? There is no answer. What do you mean there's no answer? You pick. You do what you rather listen no to Metallica or watch there the There is no answer to give. What do you mean? Ooh, if you would ask me, I would say neither because they're both awful. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, We're going to move on to college football before, like before, hands, before hands get thrown here. Deflect. Why do you do that? Oh, wait, why do you think Metallica is awful? I don't, but I just try to get uh. you rattled up. Oh no, I, well, it's actually get me rattled it's like, up. It's like, ask me, ask me. Whatever those are the Beatles or watch Mafia movies. I would pick the Beatles because it's just, I, I like the Beatles better. Not good for you. Okay, so would you rather watch <laughs> the Jets or would you listen Congratulations, to. Congratulations, Austin. Would you listen to. Metallica, yeah, or would dude, you watch the I, I don't have to answer the question. It's a Why hypothetical. Like it's this? a fun hypothetical. Why are you like this? Just tell me. What would you rather do? Talk about getting worked up. No, but I don't get no, it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get worked up about sports. Austin gets worked up about everything else. Oh, because because he, doesn't, doesn't tell me. he doesn't answer the question. All right, <laughs> neither. Mark loses neither. Anyway. No answer. He, All right, he come on. Let's talk college football. He can't watch or listen uh, either one. Football. He loses both. Man. All right, so. The regular season for college football in the books. Just an insane rivalry weekend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the live audience here, not happy with Mark on not answering. Deflecting. I'm happy with Austin. Why, why are you mad at me now? I'm not mad at you at all. I'm laughing. I just want to know why. You're, you're mad at me. Like, you're the one getting up. You're no, the one getting all out of shape. Pick. I would like to hear the answer. I'm with Austin on this yeah, one. Yeah, dude, just pick it. It's, it's obviously right. the Jets. It's just too embarrassed right. to say so, it. 
Where, where did you watch the game Saturday? I was at work. Okay. Now, the, to me, that was like uh, one of the most entertaining games I ever saw. The Al- Talking about Auburn, the Iron Bowl. Auburn, right. Alabama, and one of the most entertaining games I ever saw. One of the most frustrating if, if you uh, had a rooting interest for, for, for Alabama because you're used to seeing excellence out of Alabama. You're used to seeing um, – if, if, if the one thing Alabama never does is usually beat themselves, okay? And they definitely did. Again, like, as, as, as annoyed and unfair – as I thought the field goal at the end of the half was, which, again, we've talked about how you give a team an extra play because of a replay. That is not the spirit of the rule. That's not why a replay is there, to give you an extra play. It's to look at something that should be overturned. And to me, even if you overturn the one second, if things are normal, Auburn can't do anything with that one second. So it didn't matter. They shouldn't have been rewarded for a stoppage of play because you're looking at whether or not. To me, that was done on purpose. To me, the I, guy. You can't, that's a conspiracy I, theory. That's I, a heavy accusation. I, 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 I absolutely believe that there was a that they made a decision then mm. to take to run down Mark. the clock because you have to. Mark. But you have to look at it. You do. You have to. Mark, look you at also it. realize the referees keep the clock, right? No, like, it's not the it's not the score. I know people think it's a scoreboard operator. The referees are well, the one who keep like they're the ones who put I, more time dude, on the clock. I, 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 they I, keep the clock on their this watches is what and I, on their own. This is what I think was done on purpose. Was the guy let the score run out? I think it was the guy in the in the, in the booth let that happen. Do I think the referees let that happen? Do I do I think they were in on it? No, I don't. Mark, so, you, I, I, so I think you're, that the guy the guy in the, the guy that the replay official in the booth. No, I, I don't think he had anything to do with so it. So who are you talking about? Who's the guy up The guy in the clock. The guy who controls the clock in the tower. The for the stadium or for In the stadium, yeah. But, but his, like, his, his clock I think at that point you had no choice but to look at the replay. an effect. All right. The ref, but, again, like if they, the, they could stop a quick say put one second on the clock. If the referees have it. So, and it's a bang-bang play where he gets tackled. And I think the, they knew that there was the one, one second, second left go- on the clock. I think he knew. But he said, but if we run it down to zero, they're going to have to no, look at this. No, you can't. Mark, look, Mark, Mark. Okay, don't be sour okay. grapes. All right. You can't. I'm not, this isn't sour grapes. It has nothing to do with who I That's like, a heavy to accusation. To me, that too. had nothing to do with why Alabama lost. It didn't have nothing to do with why they lost. It really didn't. But you're. But, but to me, look. Accusing how, Al- let me, let me ask you a question. and the how, officials of. How else are they going to get points in that situation? How else? They're not going to. That's if, the only situation. But exactly. Again, the rep, but. And that it, it wasn't obvious where he was out of bounds. Three seconds, two seconds, one second. T- t- because it clock. wasn't obvious, that's why Be- I said it was done. Because it wasn't but to obvious. But fault the referees for I'm not, not stopping the, refer- the clock. I'm not faulting the referees. Or blaming the clock operator for purposely letting the clock run out. I absolutely think that, that was is, done on purpose. I don't. That's ridic- To me, that's ridiculous. That is. Do you understand anything about like the hatred there? I mean, the, the, to, to, that, that could be. But do you understand? Like, See, I, I don't even necessarily think that that's like. That's just like gameplay between Auburn and Alabama, how much they hate each other. You, know, you like, can't in that moment also think, oh, I'm going to let this run out on purpose because then, then they're going to have to review it. They're going to have to, but that's exactly stop. what happened. But you it can't, you, as a clock operator, you're not assuming and you're not thinking, oh, man, they're going to have to review it. This will give us enough time to run the field goal unit out on and the field. It, okay, but you saw Malzahn on the field. Not only did you say there was one second, you said there was two seconds. I mean, sure, if you're, in a, you're, if you're on the offense, you're going to hope for as no, much time as no possible. No human being with a brain in the head thought that there were two seconds left. But that, that's the point. Like, as long as he got a play, look, I don't care if there's one, two seconds. I'm going to go overboard and say it should be two seconds. But you know what? Let, we, just give us a chance to line up and kick this field goal. And I think either way, my point is it should have never happened. You You're know, right about do it, that. Did You're it have right anything to that. do with Alabama losing? No. 
Alabama lost because also Alabama. they played horrible and they deserved to lose. They had 13 penalties. Yeah, which they self-destructed. They had two. T they gave them two touchdowns with interceptions. Yep. They had a holding a penalty that took away another touchdown. Uh, they missed a field goal that they should. It's 101 field goals in Nick Saban's era. It's the most in college football since he's gotten there. Yep. How they can't find a kicker is beyond me. I would just kidnap one of the soccer players and say, "You're going to kick for me." I don't understand. That but is anyway. the most mind-boggling thing in this yeah. whole thing. I don't get in this entire Alabama dynasty. He's Nick Saban has never had a re not right. even like decent, just a reliable and kicker, decent, decent college kicker, just to make the right. ones inside of 35 or inside of 40 most right. of the time. Now the, you the, can't even do that. The thing that frustrated me the most is the fact that Alabama couldn't stop them. Okay, because if, if I'm if I'm story saving, of the year, right, for them on defense. If, if I'm saving whoever's the defensive coordinator is a guy I forget his name. We looked at we, we looked it up. He's he's done, absolutely done. He is not coming back because Saban I, I could probably feels that way too because Saban one thing he very rarely does is he get out coached. But you've seen him get out coached in the Clemson game, and he got. Not only did he get out coached this whole game, but at the end of the game, that 12 men on the field, that was brilliant by Malzahn. Absolutely. He set him up. Oh, yeah. Set him up and Saban bought it. Oh, 100%. Pete Golding, by the way, defense coordinator for Alabama. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, he's, injury, he's, he's, injuries he's hurt put his job on LinkedIn or, 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 or Indeed because he ain't going to have an Alabama defense coordinator position at the end of the year. I'll apply for that. I haven't got anything else. Yet, so. <laughs> Oh, and listen, I, Austin, I, you could do a better job. With the Alabama defense play this, you could do a better job. What, what, what I think is going to happen is he's going to ask Belichick, okay, how many guys, like, who do you recommend? He'll get some guy that was a great pro defensive coordinator who's not really doing anything. He'll come in and he'll probably take over. Because Alabama, one thing you'd never usually see Alabama's defense being this bad. I mm -hmm. mean, they were bad. They could not stop anything. Anytime right. they had to stop Auburn, you score 45 points and lose in a game that you gave away 18 points. Right. You know, it's and they like, said they've never lost a game on a Nick Saban scoring 45 right. points. Well, I mean, that, you can say that for you know, a lot of teams. They score 45 points. College football, it's a little, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, you shouldn't lose. You score 45 right. points. But you shouldn't lose. Here's, here's the thing, okay? Mac Jones played well, okay? He made mistakes, but you know what? He came back. He fought the whole game. I, I liked what he showed me. I, I thought Mac Jones showed heart. I, I thought he showed the ability that he can run a team, okay? Put up 45 points and should have had more against a very good Auburn defense. Yeah. Okay. Which is, that was honestly the most probably surprising thing in this whole, whole game. Obviously, we know what Alabama's defense was being leaky all year. Mm -hmm. I was shocked Alabama moved the ball as easily as they did against right? that. Because we saw LSU. We saw with Florida. Mm -hmm. We saw with Georgia. They didn't give up more than they, 24 points all year. Exactly. Could not score and move the ball against, Alabama, uh, against Auburn, especially their front four. They got pressure. They threw everything off. And from there, LSU, right, was one of the best offenses in college football. Yep. They scored 23 points. 23, right. Yep. So it's just like I thought for sure Alabama would fall in the same trap. And you're right. To score they, 45 points. And they should have scored about 60. <laughs> because they think, well. Uh, no, yeah. you're right. You're right. The pick yeah. six, right. Like, you know, you take Well, the, the pick six by the goal line. So you figure 10 more points because that and a holding call that took away the touchdown. So 55 they should have had at least. Okay? Yeah. And, and Jalen Waddell, okay. He was the, un the, the forgotten wide receiver, and he was a, a man-child in that game. He was awesome. Which is crazy, right? He was the fourth receiver. Obviously, yeah. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith. Right. Everyone gets well, those. Everybody was attention. good except for Judy. Judy disappeared. Didn't see him all game. But um, the other guys were good. And, and Mac Jones, any time he made a mistake, he didn't let it get him down. He came right back. Okay, even at the end of the game, fourth and seven runs for the first down. Um, and then they kind of, you know, I thought they became a little bit, uh, conservative in the last drive. 
when they got once they got their first down. That was it, right in the red and zone. Had, you saw Nick Saban almost playing for the field goal. Yeah, they called a timeout on third down, talking to Mac Jones. I'm sure he was saying, right. "Listen, whatever you do, do not you know." They, and that's what cost them because right. if they had a timeout to call during that fiasco where the 12 men on the field, they would have been able to overcome that. I believe I'm, they did have a timeout. I they did not. No, they, they used Nick Saban complained that, oh, you're right. Not, you're right. I take it back. Yes. Yeah. Not have enough time to substitute. Nick Saban complained that he didn't have time enough to make the substitutions. Which, to me, Auburn got called for that three or four times in the game. So if, if you're Alabama, you, you have no argument because it, it, you know, Auburn got victimized by that at least three times in the game for having 12 men on the field. Okay, so and right, it's just it's and genius. It's a genius play by it was. Malzahn. He sold him. He said, "You know what? Because yeah, I think he knew if I, God forbid, I punt this ball back." <laughs> you right. know, I mean, he knew what his defense was doing all, all game. Right, and, and they were totally gassed. Worst you case scenario, you just to call timeout, run the clock. Like, there's no reason not to try something like that. You know, right? And they did, and, and it was brilliant, and won the game. It was brilliant, and as much as you know, I mean, I didn't. I obviously I didn't want Auburn to win, but the things they did. Things Miles on did at the end of that game, I think he clearly outcoached Saban, which you hardly ever see. Right. And it did, you know the amazing thing? Auburn's something like 0-8. Uh, Alabama's like 0-8 at Auburn when both teams were ranked. That's an amazing stat. Crazy. Lost three of the last four at Jordan-Hare. It's been almost yeah. a house well, of I mean, horrors for them like, like, like I said, it, I, I'm much more afraid of Auburn than anyone else in the SEC West because of that, that, that rivalry. I mean, you saw Bo, you know, Bo Nix isn't. Isn't a really good quarterback. Right. He's true freshman, which you saw. He's, okay. you know, he's he's shrunk in the moment but, against the big teams. But you saw some of the plays, like that drive at the end of the half, where that third and eight, where the guy made the one hand catch. Yep. And then the fullback comes out of nowhere to make the catch, where it looks like he's throwing the ball away. And then the backup tight end makes one of the greatest catches I've ever seen with t- tiptoeing on the sideline, like a ball- ballerina. Yep. And like when those types of things happen, it's hard to win. It is. It absolutely is. And sometimes, like you said, right, we've seen Alabama get so many breaks, make so many plays, have so many players step up in mm-hmm. big moments. And guys did, too. A lot of guys did. Right. Waddle stepped up. I thought Mac Jones stepped right. up. The offensive line stepped up. Um, Harris, uh, Harris stepped up. Yeah, Najee Harris. Right. Hey, okay. We're just so accustomed to seeing Alabama be on the right side of those kind of games coming out mm-hmm. no matter what. That you're, right. you're not used to seeing Alabama now on the flip side. You can't really picture them or think about this happening to a Nick Saban coach team. But you're right. I mean, everything – from a discipline standpoint, right, being confused on that fourth down, getting the penalty at the end of the game, 13 penalties yeah. that just killed them throughout the entire game. Like you said, right, they, they, had, they made plays and had players step up to win, but in the end they just couldn't, execute, couldn't get it done. You never got the feeling that they – watching that game, never, never was confident that they were going to win. Like it's always like something weird was happening. It just wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And all the times where you watched Alabama and you're thinking, you know, they'll pull it out, they're the better team, usually they do. Um, and, look, I think the thing that really hurt Alabama was they had a lot of injuries on their defense to their experienced players. They had a, a young team out there. But also they didn't have as many speed guys in their secondary. There was no Minka Fitzpatrick. There was no Dante Hightower. You know, there was no Reggie Raglan. Okay. Right. Um, we're used to leasing yeah. one or two studs. It's a linebacker, D-line, secondary that just right. stand no, out. Know, Raquan Davis played great, I thought. He yes. really did. Um, and Jennings too, linebacker. He, he played but, good, uh, but there was there was such a lack of, I, I guess, experience that normally they can could depend right. on. Right, and big game experience yeah. too, right? I mean, that hurts obviously with their trouble during the schedule. Right. They didn't. They weren't battle like Auburn. You saw in that game on on Saturday was battle tested, right? They have a young team as well. 
But they were they've, they've been, been through it for the regular season, right? Already. Especially with Bo Nix, like he's right. now as a true freshman, right? That's a big moment in the Iron Bowl. Right. But playing against Georgia and LSU and Florida, he was at least although he struggled in those games, right? Able to learn to where they put it all together, right? We said Alabama. That's where the strength of the schedule kind of hurt him in this game because they could have used right. for having young guys. They were not battle tested and they didn't learn the one game they did have. Although it was, again a close game to LSU, mm-hmm. they didn't learn how to win those games in a tight mm-hmm. situation. Yep. Where I think, like you said, came back to haunt them. So now Alabama's done. First. Wait, 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 before you do, here's the thing: Does Tua come back? I say no. If he's if he's healthy, and but can, how, how do you know? I say no. I'm team. saying if I don't know. But, but doctor, I mean, he's supposed to the the surgery he has. He's supposed to be healthy, and they say they make a full recovery. If you you know you could throw by the spring. I, See, I, that, I think he comes back. Because, you do. But first of all, if he, no NFL teams are going to draft him. And it, you don't and, think and, so? No. I, mean, I don't know they, about that. They, they would. I think he'll go in the first round. No, I, I, I don't think he'll go in the first round. You cannot put, look. Why not? Because of, a, because of his hip. No, because, I, but why wouldn't the team draft him? Because I think that there's still a big unknown with the hip. Nobody's going to draft him in the first round when there's the potential for the unknown. What if his hip isn't as good as it was before? They need to see that. They would need for him to be at full strength. He's not going to be at full strength by the time the NFL draft. You're the Dolphins at number six, let's say. No, absolutely not. I do not like the first round pick. Because Because if he doesn't play this year, what if it's it's a Bo Jackson situation? Like I know it wasn't. It's a what situation? Bo Jackson. Like Bo Jackson obviously had a different thing. They didn't. They didn't uh, do the right thing with his hip, and he had like a necrotic hip that wound up losing blood flow and everything. So messed him up. Okay, yeah, but you still until I saw Tua running on that hip. Throwing passes, completing passes, doing what he did at Alabama. I don't know if I can look. Would I risk a fifth round pick on him? Yeah. What you know? But that's going to be that's going to cost him a big payday if he comes out this year. I'll ask you this quick. I don't think he comes out. I think he goes back. What is that? I think he he leads them next year. How does that help him? If if he can because he has to prove to the NFL. First of all, he's got to prove he can stay healthy. Second of all, he's got to prove that he can play. Yeah, and I think he can. He can play. But you don't Why know risk that it? because exactly. of his hip. But if you if you if because you go if into you're the draft, an NFL team, you don't know that. If you're a fringe first round pick, maybe early second round, pick, you're still getting paid. He's not a fringe first round pick. Yeah, a guy with a hip injury. Mark, if quarterbacks are at such a premium. I can promise you, if he's healthy if, at some point next year, he will be taken not, in the first though. round. No, no, but at some point, okay. Yeah, but when the time these teams the draft, in the front aren't ready to win but, next year. But when the time the draft happens next year in April yeah. or May. Or I forget what's in the end of April. End of whatever, yeah. Okay. He, you're not going to know. He's going to be a huge unknown. If you miss on him and you waste a, a top two pick, like first or second round on him, you're going to be fired. Why? Because you, didn't do, you didn't do your homework. You, you cannot throw away a first round pick on a guy with a hip problem. You don't know until he shows you he can run, throw, do all the things he did. And he could come back 100% perfect. He could. Do yeah, I think he will? If he's Probably not, and then will. he comes back to Alabama, you hurt your draft stock But that what way if he goes back to Alabama and he, and he stinks and he can't run exactly, and he can't do anything? Exactly, that's my point. Why risk but that? Then, but then you already wasted that pick if you're an NFL team. Yeah, but if you're Tua, you got paid. Like, you got to think of this from Tua's perspective. If, you're, if I'm Tua, I go back to Alabama. I don't. I go. I because think his draft stock... Yeah, but you're blowing a huge payday. Because if he comes back and he does what he normally can do, he's going to be a first-round pick who's going to make big money. I think he'll still go in the first round next year. I really do. I, I don't think there's I, any team I that would get I think if you're, a first, if you're a team and you take him in the first round, you're dumb. I disagree. Because I you, vehemently it, disagree. How, how you can take a guy with a hip injury like that? We've never seen that. We don't know yet. There's a big unknown. That's my point. If he's healthy, is, is the talent there? Absolutely. 
okay? The unknown is you don't know what it's going to be like. Exactly. So the, I don't. I, I, this is so this, this, this also a different discussion for a different day because. Mm -hmm. Right, we'll leave well, it there. Well, I think it's interesting because, you know what, of all the questions they asked him before the game, because they had that interview with mm -hmm. him, I came in a little late. I don't know if they asked him that question. I didn't see it either. I was like, that's what I would want to know, too. What are you going to do? I'm sure he wouldn't say either way. But, but. If, I, if I'm him and if I'm his family, look, the type of kid he is. The type of things that he's done, I, I, I think he, he wants to go back. I think he wants to win that national championship that's his. I we'll think see. he does. We'll see. I mean, the money's there. How much better Alabama? Would, like, if he comes oh. back next year. They're you know, right I mean, back but, at the top but, of the title. Yeah, but then again, the, there's, no, there's not going to be – Judy's not going to be there, and, and Smith isn't going to be there. And um, If two and is Ruggs there, they'll be, be a top three yeah. – uh, absolutely. Them, Ohio State, Clemson absolutely. will be the top three you know teams. Because you know their defense is going to be much better next year. They're going to get some, you know. To me, I think, I think Saban's going to go heavy with JUCO this year. Um, we'll guy, you know, guys that, that, that are proven, that have experience, that can fill in for a couple years before these freshmen really start to develop. Well, we'll see. But now Alabama, again, out of the Alabama's playoff for the out. first time yep. in six years. First time first time ever. Playoff. Well, exactly. We'll, have, we'll not have Alabama in it. This is the first time since, what, 2010? That they aren't in the national championship because 2011 they played uh, they played LSU. 2012 played Notre Dame. 2013 well, they they weren't in it. In 2013 because Auburn played Florida State. Yep. 2014 they played Ohio State and lost. Yep. Okay. 2015 they played Clemson and won. 2016 played Clemson and lose. Yep. 2017 they, they played Georgia. 2018 they played Clemson. Yep. So they've been every year except for 2000 since 2010 they've been in every year except one. Crazy, it's a yeah. heck of a run. It is. Absolutely is. But they were done, which means the spot done. is yep. opened up. Utah beat Colorado, Oklahoma won, and Baylor won. So now, obviously, Utah, Oklahoma and Baylor, excuse me, will play the Big 12 title game. Mm -hmm. The winner of that will be 12-1 conference champ. Utah will play Oregon. Um, if Utah wins, they'll be 12-1 with a conference champ. You still Again, think they get the best shot over if Georgia loses that uh, Utah's the best shot over Oklahoma? I personally do think Utah – and, again, these rankings that come out tonight will be a big indication. See where I – Because mean, you Baylor, saw how much Oklahoma jumped. Yes. And okay. Baylor, too, which is, I think, right. the big surprise, a big help for them. Baylor jumping you were mentioning five that. spots. Right. Beating Texas, of all teams. Right, because you were mentioning, oh, where's Oklahoma? How, but they jumped up to number six or something, like one behind right, they're Utah? Right. Well, they've always been behind Utah, yes. But the big thing with Baylor jumping is now that's going to give them a top right. ten win if they win, which is going to be huge. Um, but, right, obviously this discussion starts with Georgia having to lose. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about, obviously, preview that game on Friday. George Pickens getting suspended for the first half for fighting a Georgia know, Tech right? player. Couldn't be dumber. Lawrence Cager's going to be out there. So it's like Georgia's going to come into that game with one hand tied behind their back. We'll see if they can mm -hmm. beat LSU. But I, do, I still do think I'm firm on believing that Utah still has the best chance if Georgia was to lose to get in um, because the committee to this point has kept Utah above Oklahoma Week in, week out. They had another dominating win over Colorado. Again, Colorado where Oklahoma beat, uh, at least at that point, a ranked Oklahoma State team on the road. If but doesn't it depend kind of where Oregon is? Yes, Utah absolutely. Yes. yes, Just it does. like if, with, with Baylor being this high, it, it helps Oklahoma. Oregon yes. being higher is going to help Utah, and I don't know if they're high enough. Right. I think they were number 14 last week. Unless they just blow them out, you know? Right, and that's right. Leave no doubt, Herman. Yeah. This this week is going to be on the eye test more than anything else. Like you said, right now with with Oklahoma being a top ten team against Baylor, if Oklahoma handles them, I think they could jump. I really do. I'm not sure if they can handle them, but yeah, you're right. Utah's Utah's right. Not only going to have to win, they're going to have to blow Oregon out if they want to have a chance to get that four spot. It's going to be inter it's going to be interesting. Um, and 
finally, last thing here, um, I, just, I do want to talk quickly about Ohio State, Michigan. It's another Ohio State blowout. They just look so good. They do. They look great. And after game, a lot of people are trying to get on Jim Harbaugh, blaming him for not beating Michigan. I mean, excuse Ever. me, not beating Ohio State. Zero and five now, and getting killed too. I mean, it, you know, there was maybe a, like two seconds where you thought maybe Michigan could come back, and then right, yeah, they get off to they score a touchdown right away. It's all right, missed extra point, uh, and it was 14, 13 to one point. And then Ohio State just they just ran just, it up, right. And it's just it's interesting because now eight straight for the Buckeyes, fifteen the last sixteen. It's not even a rivalry at this point. I know point. it's not. It's like the hammer and the nail. So it's just like people. I guess my frustration is people are trying to blame Jim Harbaugh, saying he's ruining the rivalry. He's the reason why Michigan, you know, is getting blown out. Like this is a Michigan problem. Like this well, is not a Jim Har- contained to just Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, but I, I think look, the one thing that Lloyd Carr did was even though he could beat Ohio State, he still won beat beat everyone else. Okay, Harbaugh hasn't even beaten everyone. He else. has, but he's doing that. But he's but, had ten wins through the last four years. But but not good enough to be in a picture, at least in a picture of a national championship of the, of a playoff. They haven't even smelled it. Well, they pa- you know, I mean, I mean you obviously have to beat Ohio State, right? But, like when you're not doing that, you're yeah. not getting the playoff yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, Big Ten's I'm, only getting one team in. No, yeah, but I mean, they're not even. They, they can't they even had, win their conference. They, they were in the playoff know? in twenty. Like they were the number three team in twenty sixteen. They had everything was right there for them. They beat Ohio State and Columbus. They're going to the playoff. They lose. they lose. Ohio State wins. They go to the playoff that year. They lose in overtime. So it's like Michigan. But this is what? It's sixth year now? Fifth They're, year. Fifth year. So you, you figure that by now there would, they would be a, a consistent powerhouse like Alabama is or like Ohio State is. That's what Michigan expects. That's would, what they expect, right? I would say they are consistent. A powerhouse, no. But they never were. Like, when was the last time well, they were a powerhouse? Late 90s. But like this is like I mean yeah when Greasy was there they they had the shared national title but since then like they have again they made a few Rose Bowls and they got blown out by USC with Chad Henney when he was there Mike Carr like they had some talent come in Braylon Edwards I remember Chad yeah remember him but it's just like but to me like this this problem goes beyond Jim Harbaugh like Michigan overall it's recruiting and again you could blame Jim Harbaugh for the gap because like you said they should be a consistent perennial powerhouse and a and national title contender. I mean both Shenbeck is rolling over in its grave. Right. And every year, especially the last two years, the gap and the score has gotten worse between Ohio State and Michigan. Like they're separated. Jim Harbaugh should be bringing the gap. This is closer. almost like Clemson, South Carolina. I mean I mean it's getting out of hand. It really it honestly it really is. And it's like 118 points two years or the last two years combined at Ohio State has scored over Michigan. Even last year too in Michigan, like we talk about, you know, title playoff contender. Michigan last year went in there 10-1. and Again, everything in front of them, going to the playoff. Ohio State, at that point, was probably already out of the playoff discussion, and they smoke them. Right. So it's just like no I mean, matter— that, that, that's kind of happened before where Ohio State's ruined their season back when they had Lloyd Carr in like the late 90s or no, early No, it happens, right. Happened, but, you know, but not to this— But ex- not yeah, you're to right. A blow, like, the game wasn't even close, right. and Ohio State has slept walked that entire year last right. year. Their defense right. is getting up points in Minnesota, Maryland, right. Right. and it's like Michigan just looks— like, right. you know, just they get outclassed. Here's the thing about this Ohio State team, okay? I, I give the Big Ten a lot of, a lot of flack because I, I, I think the Big Ten is, it doesn't normally match up with the SEC. But Ohio State is very good. They are very good. Right. And that's why this year you can't even, like, like Michigan didn't have a prayer this year. But this is, a, this is to me, like, looking at it, like you said, right, Ohio State, especially now these last few years, right, they just they recruit like an SEC team. They're competitive. It's them, Alabama. Oklahoma, Clemson, like they are all fighting for those guys. Yep. Where Michigan is not in Rutgers, that group. Rutgers, Rutgers right. is in that group, right? <laughs> like Michigan is not in that same kind of class fighting for those guys. They're just not. So they're not getting the same and level it's, of it's talent. A shame. 
But the frustrating part for me is watching this, and I guess you can blame Jim Harbaugh a little bit for this, but again, this is a Michigan problem and a philosophical problem. Like, Michigan, one is going to, they're going to go after a certain kind of recruit, right? Michigan has that kind of aura about them. They yeah, want to be a Michigan man. They used to. But it's like, hey, come on, you have Tom Brady for all, crying out loud. You right. know, if you're a recruit, you get Tom Brady, go to your house. You Desmond Howard, go to your house. You know, Heisman Trophy winners. You know? Right, but they but this right. It's but since since that little group they've had, they do not recruit. You got Mr. Brady level. on line one. Yeah, I mean they're not recruiting. No, they don't. And it's just like the first thing. But Harbaugh part, isn't a recruiter. That's the thing. Harbaugh's a pro coach, he's not a college coach. But then that's the thing. Hire someone to do it. Because right. guess what? You're right, because it's not Harbaugh. Every year, we can like every year that we had the same discussion when Ohio State smokes Michigan. It's what happened this year, and Jim Harbaugh makes some excuse. They just play better. They just play better. Well, guess what? They play better every single day of the year. They win recruiting battles today, tomorrow, yeah. in December. That's where the game is won and lost. You're right. They should hire Urban Meyer. Is that Tom Brady on line one? Yeah. Do you want me to pick up? Sure. I love to talk to Tom. Yeah, go ahead. Defend my guy. Tom? Hold on. Can you hear him? Austin, this isn't oh. working. Classic Austin. Not, no, not <laughs> That's working great. That's great Austin. This is supposed to be a joke, I think. Yeah, it's not really working. Yeah, That's on. great. Hold on. All right. Well, we, can, can we do like a booing here? Boo. Boo you say a boo. Boo. But this is where I'll fault Jim Harbaugh. This is my last point I want to make. Because especially being a Penn State guy, so I watch a lot of Big Ten football. Penn, and this is not, I'm not trying to hype up Penn State or give them more credit than they deserve. But recruiting-wise, James Franklin, again, they're not on the same level as Ohio State. No one really is outside of those top programs we mentioned. But they're recruiting to f- go against the Ohio State offense. Ohio State is the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. They're the mm-hmm. team you have to beat. Like you mentioned, right. Part of the reason why Michigan's not in the playoff picture most of the years is because they can't beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You have to go through Ohio State to be in the you playoff. Do. Just like an SEC team has to beat Alabama to go to the playoff. Yep. Well, guess what? And we saw LSU. They changed their offense. They brought in the high a passing coordinator that changed the entire dynamic of the LSU offense. What happened? They beat Alabama this year, right? Yep. You have to adjust your scheme to beat the team that you have to beat. Michigan has to beat Ohio State. They are not adjusting their defense. Not. They don't recruit speed on defense. They, they recruit interior guys and, line, and linebackers like, to like stop it, the like interior power run. Yeah. Right, like they're going against Wisconsin every week. Wisconsin is yeah. a throwback team, and obviously the Big Ten's more throwback than others. Ohio State is building a spread offense that is built on speed. They yeah, have elite yeah. speed with Clemson, Alabama, and they are now going wide instead of yep. vertical. And you, well, Michigan you is still trying know. to defend they're like they're yeah. running between the tackles. They're still po- running at power eye. Yeah, right. Know, yeah. And they're running outside. The receivers are burning their do- defensive backs. Their J.K. Dobbins, one of the best running backs in, in America, is just running to the outside, running outside the tackles. They can't catch him. He ran for 200 yards in your home field. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Every year, and it's the same, it's the same thing, Jim Harbour, every year. They played better than us. You know, he's in, in the press conference talking about, hey, I'll take your insults, I'll, I won't take your, or I'll take your questions, I won't take your insults. When a reporter is asking, what's the, what's the gap? He doesn't have he goes, the personality. I'll take your, but it's like, dude, you gotta, there's a huge gap. Yeah, right, he's got to answer Mark, those questions. Mark, how, how would you answer the question if you were him? He's got to answer those questions. <laughs> no, but how Ironic, you, Mark, how you, of all people, criticizing a coach for yeah, not answering questions. How would you answer questions like that? I think that if you're at Michigan and you were brought there to win national championships and you don't recruit, you got to answer why you're not recruiting at that level. Right, and that's exactly, and that's it. That is it. Jim Orwell, the biggest knock you want to make on him is he doesn't recruit. Now, I don't think Michigan could do much better, and it's going to take an entire philosophical change if they want to beat Ohio State, because guess what? With the way Ohio State's recruiting, with the way they're playing right now, Michigan is not going to be coming close. The only team right now that's even come close is Penn State because they are building their team on speed, on defense. They are getting to the perimeter. They're trying to keep everything in front of them. Michigan is not doing that. Wisconsin is not doing that. That's why, for the most part, these Ohio State's running through the Big Ten every year. 
sure they have one bump or two, and I, I forget, I think it was Andy Staples made this point. Yes. Hey, hello, yes, uh, Mark. <laughs> question here for Mark. Mark. But it's like, obviously Iowa beat Ohio State two years ago. Purdue beat them last year, right? But the point he made was teams can't sneak up on Ohio State and they can have a bad game. Ohio, Michigan will never sneak up on Ohio State. You heard Justin Fields say after the game, Ohio State, this game just means more to them. They care about this game. You heard J J Ryan Day after the, after the game say it's a relief to beat Michigan. It's not a joy. It's almost like, all right, this burden's off me for one more year. Yeah. For one day, I can be relieved and not have to worry about and answer questions about losing to Michigan. Michigan, that, that sense of urgency is not there. That recruiting prowess is not there. And they don't, like I said, Jim Harbaugh is not doing it enough on the recruiting trail. And it's why Michigan every year, I think they've reached their plateau. And Michigan, if you're, you know, 10 and 2, maybe 9 and 3, happy with that every year, fine. God bless, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Consistent winners is not a bad thing to hang your hat on. If you're in Michigan, if you want to be a, a perennial title contender every year, you're one of the best facilities, you want to talk about Michigan, all, all the ore around their, their team, the Michigan house. men. The big house. Right. Yeah. It, it's losing its luster by the day because other teams are out recruiting you. You can't just say, it's like Notre Dame. You can't just say, oh, it's Notre Dame, I'll go there. No, because now teams are building better facilities, they're making more traditions come, and now kids are, are wanting to go where they can win and win championships. Notre Dame is not that place, Michigan is not that place, and things have to change Big time. I, I remember they, they showed the uh, I saw a YouTube video on like what Alabama's like uh, locker room is like. like it's they, insane. They have their shoes like individually made by Nike for them. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. I mean it's just incredible, like the facilities that they. Right. Have. The money you have to put into it. It's twenty four seven, three six five recruiting facilities. Everything right now, Michigan, like you said, is just not getting it done. And nothing's going to change in the future. It's to me, it's not a Jim Harbaugh problem. He can coach. I think he's a good coach. Recruiting, you can blame him for, and letting the gap he's widen. Part of the problem because he can't yes, recruit. no, he yes, yes. But you're right. The recruiting is an issue, but this goes past him. This is a Michigan overall Absolutely. problem. Fifteen of the last sixteen is not an accident. Nope. It's been a domination by far, and the rivalry has been anything but that these last sixty, almost last twenty years. I would say just dominating. So that will do it for the morning boys for this Tuesday edition. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, wherever you are, Friday, we'll have a great show for you. Obviously, preview all the college football championship games. Uh, a great NFL slate as we are rolling down the last month of the NFL season as well. So for us at Tadabam, our esteemed, esteemed producer, mafia moviegoer, for Mark Everkelly, I'm Ryan Hickey. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Morning Boys. The Haystack is X. We will talk to you on Friday right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.